two, one. Bum 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 bum. You're welcome. Thanks for that. Hi everybody. This is Sardonicast. That was my lovely professional rendition of the uh, 2001 theme and uh, i know it's a, an original classical song but i forgot to look up which it, it exactly was so now i look like an idiot anyway i'm adam from your movie sucks <laughs> this is uh, sardonicast who's here uh, youtube.com slash off the movie maker and i'm alex Maichi, and we're joined by a very special guest cosmonaut variety hour or marcus how you doing marcus? hi Hello. hi everybody hi. hi it's great to have i'm you. honored to be I'm honored to be the final guest on Sardonicast. Huh? It's possible. We don't know. Yeah, you're not going to top me, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, who are you and what do you do? I am a YouTuber, the most cursed profession. Um, <laughs> I talk about a variety of things oh. on YouTube. Sometimes nice. movies. The title. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So you got it. This, this guy's smart. Mm. Um, but uh, TV shows, movies, games, stuff. What would you say your uh, your favorite video of yours is if people wanted to check something out? Mm. Uh, I don't watch my own videos. <laughs> but you've certainly made your own videos. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I recently did a like live commentary type thing for uh, the Twilight movies. Mm. I think that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to watch those. Awesome. Oh, no. Because uh, now I feel kind of bad because I'm doing one, too. <laughs> no, this this is good. We need we need more Twilight yeah. commentary. You know, nobody's ever exactly. talked about that movie. Yeah, <laughs> those movies are really funny. As I'm discovering now, because I had never seen them before. Yeah, I hadn't either. They're fucking crazy. There's some yeah. shit in that movie that's like <laughs> wacky. The last one's my favorite. Yeah, I, I avoided them when I grew up. <laughs> it was difficult. Actually, not really. <laughs> it was really easy to avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> you can just choose not to watch them. Yeah, exactly. Here's a question. I've noticed that some of your videos have the word quickie in the title. What's that all about? Hmm. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. This is uh, this is the real YouTube drama. <laughs> the first uh, first argument of the podcast. Um, before I actually watched your videos, I was doing like a sex thing with my, okay. with my quickie title. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, it's kind yeah. of like a, a pun double entendre sort of thing. Yeah, it was like a sex thing. Okay. And then I was like, oh, YMS. Oh, he has a quickie thing. And then it didn't connect in my head for a while until someone on Twitter was like, you're copying YMS. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope I, not. I would never be that restrictive on art that I would actually give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I was just bugging you. I'm, I'm glad. And I'm about to do a Twilight commentary now, so whatever. Yeah, you're going to owe me a lot of money for that, but that's okay. Mm, the inventor of the Twilight commentary. Yes. So, Marcus, yeah. do you have any favorite picks you could kind of throw out there to kind of give a, a vague overview of your general taste to for somebody who wouldn't know you? Like on Letterboxd, like, you know, you choose your top four favorites type thing. Like, what, what would you have on there? Um, well, I don't know what my favorite movie is anymore. I'm kind of like at like a like a moral crossroads with like 
movies that I think would be my favorite. Yeah. Because part of me wants to be like, I really like Kung Pao. And I think that's probably my favorite movie. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I don't, but I don't want to be able, I don't want to say that all the time. Mm. Cause people think I'm joking, but I'm not joking. I think that there's a difference between saying something's your favorite movie and saying like, oh yeah, this is like the best. Yeah, the best. The I best, think that those yeah. two, the the ways you can phrase that are just completely different things. Like, yeah, Lion King's like one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't think it's like one of the best movies ever made. Maybe the best, one of the best animated movies ever made. I still think it's great. But... I would, I would say that about Lion yeah? King. Okay, great. But yeah, I um, I I like uh, I think Unbreakable is probably one of my favorite movies too. I like that movie a lot. That's like mm. the one M Night piece that I uh, I get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of Glass then? Oh no, I did not watch it because I didn't want <laughs> oh really my perception even... to be ruined. No, I was like, I'm not watching this shit. <laughs> if you like Unbreakable, that is the right choice. Yeah, yes, I, I figured. I'm like the, from the trailer, I was like, I'm not watching this Avengers shit for like a movie I actually like. I'm not. I don't want to do Bruce that. Willis. Well, how, um, how did you feel about Split then? I like Split. Yeah. I thought it was cute in Split. I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. That's like a cute little... I thought it was kind of... I thought he was going for like a... I, I guess I gave him too much credit. I thought he was going for like a... <laughs> like kind of like a tongue-in-cheek jab at like the post-credit Marvel type thing. I didn't think he was going to do anything oh, with actually it. follow through, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they actually did it. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like a cute tease to kind of like... Because it's like, you know, it's a superhero thing that he was like adapting, you know how superheroes have grown in the media or whatever. I don't know. I gave him too much credit. He turned into Avengers thing. I was like, I'm not watching this. So yeah. Maybe he wouldn't have <laughs> yeah. if people didn't unanimously love Split. Because that really brought his yeah, his true. ego back up a bit, you know? Yeah, he started doing weird shit again after that. Yeah. yeah. Any Bruce Willis movie nowadays you want to stay <laughs> away from. <laughs> yeah. Just not, they're yeah. usually yeah. not good. They're like a cash grab. Yeah. He's definitely not trying anymore. No. 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 He's given up. He has no one hard to kill. That's like really bad. Yeah. Oh, I saw the poster for that. <laughs> I think yeah, it got it a zero percent uh... or something. Oh wow, yeah. that's an achievement. Mm-hmm. I feel like that should be that. That's like an earned thing because I I feel like you could try to make a movie that's so horrendously bad and still not get zero percent. Like even mm-hmm. if you attempt to yeah. get that on Rotten Tomatoes, like somebody's bound to be like, oh, this is glorious. Like I don't even think the room yeah. has zero yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, yeah, quite a statement, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, the best achievement you can get as a filmmaker. Achieve the impossible. Back the back to good zero. movies. What's like another one that uh, you consider I, a favorite? I think uh, a very underrated movie is Journey to the West by Stephen Chow. Oh, awesome. Uh, Stephen Chow. Okay. It's really, really good. And I don't know anybody who's seen that movie. And I really want to... I'm going to make a video on it one day probably. But mm-hmm. um, I love that movie. I like uh, Wet Hot American Summer. I think it's like my favorite comedy Oh, yeah. That's on my watch list. But yeah, I used to really like the original Blade Runner, but then the sequel kind of made me realize that the original could use some work. I really don't like, <laughs> I don't like that it has Harrison Ford in it. I think the he's sequel? like the worst thing in that movie. No, no, the, the, well, both oh, actually. Okay. But, <laughs> um, I don't, I think that he's like the weakest part of the original and it's like, I don't know. I like, I like, I like the whole movie, but then when he's on screen, like it doesn't seem like he's trying that hard and mm-hmm. he, isn't really isn't really bringing as much like emotion to the to the movie as the other characters. So I'm like, is this really my favorite? I think that both of those films have like very different goals. Yeah, yeah. The surrounding world is very interesting. Of like Blade oh, Runner, oh yeah, big time. I enjoy the goals of the Villeneuve one more. 
Sure. I appreciate the first film, but I enjoy the second film a lot more. Yeah, I'd say that's how I feel too, actually. That's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Second film isn't nearly as like influential over history and like yeah. defining and uh pivotal for film a history. Lot of context. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I wind up appreciating the first one more than I enjoy it. And then the second one I appreciate and enjoy. It's just not as much of a gigantic leap Some forward, milestone. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But Rutger Howard's really good too in that oh, yeah, he's original really one. That. Like oh, he's yeah. one of the best parts. Yeah. He makes Harrison Ford look worse. <laughs> yeah, the world is so interesting around Blaine Rudder and just always like the protagonist is just like a straight arrow kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that romance in that movie, isn't it? It's it's yeah. a bit awkward. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a little. That's a, another part that I don't think really, I don't think works so well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of movies, there's some news about movies that's uh, come out that's uh, pretty interesting. There's a couple things we could talk about. One of them being that uh, they're bringing back Jamie Foxx's Electro for uh, yes! Tom yes. Holland's Spider-Man. <laughs> he lied to the me. actor of our time. Shot at me. Okay, yeah, so Ralph is hyped because he thinks he's going to win the bet. We have a bet going on, which I don't even know if we could properly... That's all connected? If we could properly phrase what the bet is. Well, I didn't factor Electro into this at all. So this is like what is Electro? I thought it was to do with Venom. Is it even going to be the same Electro, or is it going to be the same actor, just a different... I'm pretty sure the bet was that Venom would be in the MCU non-Sony film, in that universe, right? But if they're bringing Electro into Spider-Man 3, I don't think that that necessarily means that the Andrew Garfield films is the same timeline. And even that is not Marvel Universe. That's still Sony. So Sony is bringing a character into another Sony film, basically. <laughs> yeah, sure. but I don't even the know. Tom Holland one is like a Sony Marvel co-op sort of thing. So if Venom shows up in the Tom Holland films, does that count is the question. Yeah? Is that what we're saying? I think that's what the bet was. I thought the bet was as long as they're connected. It's a really confusing bet. Or as long as they're in the same movie. Like, that's all I wanted. I mean, everything's Um, technically connected if you really think about it. And and every time we just, like, ask ask the fans to, like, double check and they put it on Reddit and we just don't. And then I look at it and (laughs) then I forget immediately (laughs) because it just... (laughs) I don't even think I joined the bet. It's between you two. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think I maybe bet five Uh, bucks and Alex bet 50 or something. I don't remember. (laughs) I find it fascinating that they would decide to reincorporate elements of the film that is the entire reason why it got rebooted again i mean there's a lot of things to think about like either someone at sony was like hey he did a really good job let's bring him back which can't be true or (laughs) i think we need to give him another chance maybe but why? They seem to like, you know, like a lot of movie studios, like, you know, giving like different actors a chance to do stuff. I don't know why they picked Jamie Foxx yeah. to come back unless they have a reason. I could get behind that if it was like, OK, we're going to see what he's like under a, a director that works better with actors. But John Watts isn't going to be any better than Mark, Mark no. Webb in terms of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like directing actors. <laughs> Nobody's watching the Far From Home movies for, like, amazing performances or anything. Exactly. I mean, like, they they brought back, like, uh, J.K. Simmons because, you know, like, oh, it's a beloved character from the originals. Yeah, but, like, you can't replace that. Yeah. Electro's not perfect. beloved. Yeah, you can't recast it. Yes, exactly. 
And that was fan service too. Like it was yeah. so brief in the movie. I don't even know if he's going to be in it for that long. You know, he could be like the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man too, where he's in it for like five seconds. Or is he going to be a main villain? J.K. Simmons was perfect casting and a great performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Electro, I mean, like it didn't <laughs> seem like he perfect. tried in <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2. It really, like Jamie Foxx was not know like what a happened, standout was, part of that film. There's a lot wrong with that film too. It's He's definitely not the worst part of that film. I think he was trying. I think he just wasn't trying very well. Yeah, that you film think he was, was trying like a, a little in many ways. He was trying, I think he was trying too hard. He was like... Oh, yeah. He was, I don't know, he was trying, he was trying, the he was trying The character was wrong. very silly, like, with the gap tooth and, like... Oh, that was yeah. hilarious. It was just, yeah. It was just too over the top. He was a little weird, Yeah, the tone was all over the place. Even for yeah. Spider-Man, right. I mean, if, if the third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie is as bad as Amazing Spider-Man 2, then maybe I'll watch it more times. Because uh-huh. so far I've seen Amazing Spider-Man 2 more th- times than either of the new <laughs> Tom Holland movie. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think I have too. He needs a new costume also. Like, the, the costume they had for him was, you know, yeah, very really silly dumb. looking. Yeah, Go yeah back it's weird how one. it doesn't look as good. The You know, the guy in the green suit with the lightning bolt? Yeah, they should make him white. <laughs> That's great. That's much better. <laughs> mm. just, just turn him into a white guy. That'll really, that'll get, that'll so get that might be why they're bringing him back. They might just not want to, like, whitewash him or something. We don't know. Although there's plenty yeah, of other black that actors that that's they could a, that's, cast. That's but, a possibility. Like, maybe they just don't have that much creativity when it comes to it. They can't name a single other black actor in Hollywood that people would like watching in a superhero film. <laughs> Is there like any enthusiasm for this Sony Spider-Man spin-off universe? Really, it seems like they're just riding the coattails completely. Yeah, Ralph is very enthusiastic yeah. about it. It's well, be yeah, awesome. Morbius looks cool and stuff. But... <laughs> Tom Hardy, yeah, they're all going to be together. <laughs> Tom Hardy, Tom Holland. It sounds like a joke. Tom the Hardy, shitty... Tom Holland, Jamie Fox. <laughs> shitty Sony Spider-Man universe where they just bring back. They bring in Venom and, and Electro and nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've they've royally fucked up every other attempt at Spider-Man somewhere down the line. So yeah. it would only make sense if they did the same here. Eventually, they just get too cocky. They're like, people are going to watch this no matter what. <laughs> and they don't learn from their mistakes. <laughs> yeah. What if they're like experimenting? They're like, all right, let's try to make this one really bad. We're going to bring back Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. No one's going to watch it. And they're like, they, they have bets. Oh, yeah. Just like you guys do. <laughs> what can we get away with? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is what we get for we're going to see Venom, though. We, we've we created this problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But the Venom should never have been popular, and now that they, they're they going to start losing it. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess depends. so. I'm so hyped to see how Morbius does, because that doesn't have the... Venom at least has that hook of the weird, like, CG monster stuff that any audience yeah. can enjoy. I don't know about the Morbius thing. And and the <laughs> thing is, Venom's on, like, t-shirts and stuff. Like, like yeah, regular exactly. people, they know him, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I forgot about Morbius. I could say, Dad, they have a Venom movie. He's like, okay, cool, that's pretty... I'll go see that. But I say, Dad, there's a Morbius movie. He's like, I don't know <laughs> what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. With Jared Leto? Yeah, yeah, we'll see with that one. Mm. Venom 2, though. That'll be good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let There Be Carnage, I know. Right? Oh, my God. That title's <laughs> with, so um... good. I wonder if they'll change that. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. Isn't Gollum directing <laughs> it? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> In a Ronald McDonald wig. Yeah. Weird afro. Woody but I think Harrelson. these movies are great. Like, I can't wait to see where this goes. And we still have those, uh, the Spider-Verse movie, and they could still make more of those. They could and put those are Tom Hardy in those. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's what they need. Yeah, Tom Holland said that. and Tom Hardy in those. Yeah, they'll do a live action version. They'll cross them over. I was thinking it would be like super cool because like Spider Man has this history of there being like comic books where you know there's alternate universes and like different Spider Mans just like interacting with each other. I always thought it would be fucking hilarious is if they did a live action version of this and they had Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland in the same film. That would be fucking awesome. Don't tell then, me that people mm-hmm. wouldn't see that. That would be so oh, cool. Yeah. People would actually really be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People would like that. Give me, give me power in Hollywood. I will make hilarious things happen. They should just have one scene together. People would see it. <laughs> people would see it. They genuinely would. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell me that that wouldn't sell like hotcakes. These movies are like they're very tongue in cheek and very silly, which is why I still enjoy them despite like Woody Harrelson and all this nonsense. That's happened. It's a. I mean, it's called Spider Man. It's goofy right. as hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the other big news story? The other bit of movie news that we have going on here is Moonlight director Barry Jenkins is now signed on to direct the quote unquote live action sequel to the quote unquote live action 2019 piece of garbage that they call The Lion King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? It's the animation's so realistic, it's not animation anymore, basically. Yeah, it's just like real life. It's just like I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there are sources. So, like MTV, this article here is saying that it's a prequel. <laughs> so they're, they're, That's they're, what I read. Yeah. Oh. Wait, what? Okay. I didn't hear that. They're going to focus on younger Mufasa. And one of the one of the quotes in this article oh. is so funny, saying. There's no word yet on whether the actors will reprise their roles or if they're looking at a whole new cast for the prequel. And all I'm thinking is like, oh my god, like 90-year-old James Earl Jones playing a younger version of Mufasa? That'd be, <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like, come on, they have to replace him. They have to replace him. <laughs> Dad! I want to go play! I guess it has to be a prequel so they can rely on the, you remember this from the Lion King stuff a bit more? Yeah. So if they go into the future, they've got to be more like original with it, you know, Maybe. come up with their own stuff. But I mean, like, they could always just remake the shitty Lion King 2 that already exists that one. only yeah. furries like, I guess. It's really bad. <laughs> furries love that movie. Yeah, I remember that movie. It's not good. Barry it's Jenkins. Awful. I know, right? That's that's the weird imagine, part of it. Imagine the paycheck he must get. Oh, oh that's exactly. Exa- I mean, yeah. Why? Zero, <laughs> zero, 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 <laughs> that's why he zero, Wait, zero, uh, zero, I have... Yeah. That's that's why. Sure. I have a question. Who who directed the first uh, the the remake? John I don't want Favreau. Favreau. John Favreau, chef. Okay, because when I heard the news, I was like, didn't didn't Barry, didn't they already get like a Barry Jenkins or something to do the first no. one? Like at this point, I can't keep track of which directors they're attaching to these things. No, the first one was uh, John Favreau, and if it had been somebody different, it might yeah. not be as bad. But he had this weird philosophy with how it should be, and now I guess they have to commit to it Ugh. because a it's already done in the first one, and B, it's the most successful animated film of all time now, (laughs) which is the saddest thing on the planet. I hate that. Can it be as bad as that 2019 movie, though? I can't can't even envision a movie being as bad as that one. If they do their own fucking thing, and they don't even, like, attempt to pretend it's, like, shot-for-shot remake and, you know, just completely destroying everything that was already handed to them on a fucking platter... If they do their own thing, then I can't imagine it being as offensive as the 2019 one. Yeah. Because the 2019 one is like, okay, this is just a very clear, complete misunderstanding of like anything that was in the original. Like, you don't understand 
why any of it was written this way or presented this way. And you think you do and you don't. That's what's offensive about it. But if they're doing their own thing and it's just like, oh, wow, just some dumb lion movie, (laughs) then okay. I'm probably not going to be as upset about it. The question is, will people Mm -hmm. see it? Yeah, they will. I think people see it. Yeah, people see the hell out of it. People just like, they like Lion King. I remember when like the first trailer for the remake came out, people were like, I'm crying. I, this is my childhood. If you <laughs> yeah. just, like, they, they'll just, they'll watch it. They it's don't, nostalgia bait though. They don't care if it's good or not. It's, yeah, it's what they've been relying on. If they're doing their own thing though, they're going to have to get creative with how they inject the nostalgia into the film. They're going to have to use the score from the original in the trailer for the new one, even if the score from the original doesn't show up in yeah. the new film. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what Absolutely. they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Similar imagery, yeah. That's all it takes, though, sometimes. It really is. Yeah. I'm working on my review for The Lion King right now, and there's literally John Favreau saying in interviews, like, man, you really don't have to do all that much. All you need is just, like, the score, and people <laughs> like it no matter what you do. <laughs> That's basically what he said. It's just <laughs> so funny. To be this man who's just like, oh, yeah, making movies isn't hard. I make a lot of money off of it. Like, come on, man. (laughs) You have to try sometimes. Yeah. Are we going to get a prequel to Mulan? (laughs) I hope so. Or are they just going to forget about that That wasn't nearly as successful, They they tried different stuff. That's dangerous waters for them. I mean, there's a few reasons why. Yeah. Aladdin 2 or Aladdin prequel about Will Smith's genie. I think Aladdin could probably get a sequel. That was pretty successful. Yeah, that's a billion dollars. Yeah. But with Mulan, though, um, the Disney Plus they tried the thirty bucks early model yeah. thing, and like no one Did bought that work it. So out? I guess yeah. no. I, I don't think it was worked out because the new Pixar movies coming straight to Disney Plus without any extra money. Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. And that will be much more popular, I'm sure. Yeah, if it's more lucrative to think about how many people are going to sign up for the platform to watch the movie rather than how many people who already own the platform are going to purchase the movie, then, you know, that makes sense. Streaming is very lucrative, which is why everybody has a streaming platform now. Yeah. 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 People forget about their subscription, don't they? We're going to get, like, New Line Cinema streaming classics or some shit. That might already be happening. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like like a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's like everybody has a streaming service. They just need, like, you, so you need, services. like, five studios to just, like, team up and split the revenue or something. Yeah. To make it more convenient yeah. for everybody. It's getting ridiculous now. The amount of streaming services you have to keep track of and the the price of it all, if you want to, like, get all of them. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peacock, I think, is the newest one. Well, I don't what is know. that? There might be five more. Peacock, I think, is, peacock. like, NBC. Oh, yeah. yeah they call yeah. it Peacock? Because, you know, the, the, NBC, the NBC logo <laughs> is, like, a peacock. I get it. That's just an awful name. <laughs> <It's not Yeah. laughs> Peacock. Oh, dear. Piss penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'd prefer that. I'd pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know you would. Apparently that's successful. Yeah, though. pisser dick. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Holy fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's people probably wouldn't ask you for your, your login for that one. The number is going to say, can I get your piss penis account? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Lion King 2, yeah. everybody. It's uh, it's happening. Look forward to the YMS review. It'll be even more realistic than the first one. What if... See, the, the issue that I have when it comes to attaching directors' names onto any Disney project, whether it be Disney Marvel or, you know, any one of those things, is that the director doesn't really have that much of a voice when they do it. It's like they're not even there. You know, even, even the ones that kind of do, 
it's so limited. Like you, you get a bit of uh, oh, what's his face? Guardians. What's his name? James Gunn. Uh, James Gunn. Yeah, or like Taika Waititi yeah. with Thor three. Like that one. Is... You get a bit of their personality when it comes to like James Gunn and Taika Waititi. Yeah. Like a bit, but you, they they don't really have all that much creative control when it comes to how they want to present their films. And we've seen this evidenced by the amount of directors who have previously been signed up like edgar wright who was just like nah fuck this sorry not doing ant-man you're not letting me tell the story i want it's because their films are like purely animated at this point so it's just like artists and an assembly line storyboarders that yeah yeah, exactly yeah so i I don't believe we're going to get a barry jenkins film out of this (laughs) no featuring barry jenkins more than anything the directors don't even really shoot the action scenes anymore for yeah. the Marvel movies. Like, <laughs> they have, like, second units do it, or the VFX crew does it. Exactly. Because, like, that, that's why they're able to get directors that don't have a huge background in these special effects yeah. to direct these movies. It's because they have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other people helping them out. They're not going to leave all that responsible to people unfamiliar with that part of the process. Yeah, but directors like James Cameron... Mm-hmm. they really understand that stuff and exactly. they work with those or ridley scott or you know directors like that i feel like they would make a good superhero movie you know <laughs> i would like yeah. them to direct something like that uh, mm-hmm. but i don't think they want to do things like that yeah exactly i mean i, I don't know james cameron is basically doing that <laughs> it's just his own property movies. yeah his, his own yeah he made his own superhero yeah which is I same guess that's genre cooler. kind of <laughs> yeah could have done that with terminator yeah, everything's just one big extended universe clusterfuck. Everything gets a sequel. <laughs> Everything gets connected. Yeah. We're just at the beginning, too. Yeah. What mm-hmm. if they yeah. start, like, connecting all of these, like, Disney properties? What if, like, The Lion King and Aladdin are in the same world? There was, like, a show for that. There's like, House of Mouse. Where, like, oh, yeah, that. Like... Or, like, Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, ha- yeah. If, when there's a House of Mouse movie, then maybe I'll go watch it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in Wreck-It Ralph 2, did you guys see that? There's, like, the princesses oh, yeah. bit. Where there's oh, all the yeah. princesses. I could see them doing a princess movie or something at some point. A crossover. Yeah. How much can they get away with, is the question. Well, we just talked about Lion King. If everything's on Disney Plus anyway, it's like... I don't know. You can just dump things. Yeah, true. Maybe they'll just make worse content and not give a shit. It's Disney. Well, the track record ain't great so far. We've got Artemis Fowl. We've got Mulan. What else is... (laughs) Mm -hmm. They just announced that they're they're dumping uh, Soul onto Disney Plus without any theatrical release. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, Soul's getting some good reviews, though. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm hopeful for that. That's actually Pixar. I mean, most Pixar movies get good reviews, though. Yeah. yeah, that's true also, so I'll take it with a grain of salt, but it'll probably <laughs> like, be a bit more creative than Mulan or Artemis Fowl. Yeah, it's like an original which, idea. Artemis Fowl seemed like it was in a pipeline for like, you know, five years. It's like, so long. You know, they've been working on that movie forever. <laughs> I'd, I'd be shocked if it were less creative than Artemis Fowl. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would be shocked. In terms of the cinematography <laughs> of the of the action scenes, when it was like going Everything. with the wide angle. Yeah, I, I would be, I would be shocked if it was worse around. than Artemis Fowl. I'm not expecting uh, that. I don't know. I have more <laughs> faith at Pixar than I do the people that made Mulan or Artemis Fowl. Mm-hmm. You don't like yeah. Kenneth Branagh? No, not recently. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good actor. He's a good actor. Like like in Tenet, he's awesome. And in Dunkirk, he's awesome. What What's that movie where the guys are on the train? 
uh, Ray is on oh, the train. Orient Express. Uh, Orient yeah. Express. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Daisy Ridley. It's funny yeah, it's that that like, didn't even click in so my mind boring. I saw that. It's just so, it's the most boring it's the movie same, that I It's the same it. movie as the one from, like, the 60s, I think, which I had seen. I'm like, okay, it's the same movie. Why is, why are we making this? Yeah. <laughs> and now they're making another one mm. where they're on a boat, and it's the same poster. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot what that one was called. So if they're going to do Lion King 2 and mm-hmm. try to do their own new thing, they're going to have to make some new music. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They'll probably get Hans Zimmer and Pharrell Williams to do the score. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> what about Beyonce? I don't think Beyonce is going to no. be a part of it. They're not gonna, they're not I gonna really doubt it. Beyonce. She didn't seem like mm-hmm. too hyped to be a part of the original. She was mm-hmm. just kind of there. <laughs> she didn't really put her best efforts into it. I think she wanted to get a... Uh, best original song oscar nomination and that's why she did it and then she didn't but that song is so so bad yeah it's like the most laughable part yeah i watched the blackest king thing and i enjoyed every song but that one and that was the one they closed on i was like holy shit it's like everything mm-hmm. sounds inspired on this album except that one song i wonder why which is like the polar <laughs> opposite with eminem and venom yeah it's like that's, that's the one song that fucking rocks <laughs> that's the song <laughs> is eminem gonna do a new song for uh, venom 2 he better i fucking hope so carnage called carnage <laughs> yeah. yeah carnage song oh come on i will i will i will start a change petition if he does not <laughs> do it please eminem come back i we want like you. the worst song i want him to like collab with like limp biscuit or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be pretty uh, pretty epic <laughs> <laughs> all right anything more to add about uh lion king 2 realistic movie just that <laughs> we're prequel. all hyped for it yeah yeah lion king subtitle it'll have like a under thing lion king the beginning rise of the lion oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah i'm happy he's getting tons of money to direct a movie that that'll be the That's subtitle great. i'm happy barry jenkins is getting tons of money to direct Just a this. bunch of dollar signs <laughs> yeah, it means he can make whatever project he wants it's like a hip-hop album it's just lion king with just a bunch of dollar signs like gold-plated oh yeah <laughs> okay so i chose this movie for the four of us that being mm-hmm. The 1984 movie 2010, The Year We Made Contact, directed by Peter Hyams. Of course, direct sequel. Hams. Oh, is it Hams? I'm fucking with you. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going. I, I, my enunciation is so bad. I'm, like, I'm, I'm willing just to take the other one. Anything, Don't but... trust a word I say. <laughs> but yeah, 2001 A Space Odyssey might be... I don't know. After I rewatched it before watching this movie, and I'm I'm trying to decide whether that was a huge mistake or not. Because I <laughs> yeah, think it, I think it was a mistake. I think it is maybe the best film ever made, 2001. It might just be recency bias from watching it mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. just right now, but it, it's impeccable. It's immaculate. So yep. following it up is just a gargantuan uphill battle that I don't even know why anyone on a conceptual level would even attempt to you know even begin uh-huh. so with that in mind the story is is actually fairly simple uh it picks up straight after 2001 with uh roy scheider yeah. recast yeah. as the character from 2001 the, the the kind of research guy from the middle section of the movie this oh, really confused me at yeah. first I didn't know that there was a character. Yeah, from the no. First, actually. Yeah, I only found out because mm-hmm. I was looking at IMDb and saw that their names were the same. Okay. On 
like the character names were the same. So I was like, oh, I guess this is supposed to be the same character because you wouldn't know really otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> from the actor's performance and the mannerisms and everything. Yeah. He, yeah. He's kind of doing his own thing entirely. Everybody else they recast. Yeah. Like uh, Hal and uh, fucking Dave. They recast the same people for those. Did they recast Hal? I thought it was the same. I thought it was the same. And, and same with Dave. Sorry, that's what I meant. The recast as in, oh my God, I don't know why I said it that way. As in re- reprised their oh, roles. Oh, I see what you mean. Re- they cast oh, yeah. the same yeah. person yeah. again is what I meant. Technically, <laughs> you would be right. So, yeah, so that adds to the confusion. <laughs> yeah, I just made it more mm-hmm. confusing. I'm sorry. No, but in the movie, yeah, those two characters are the same, but that character's different actor. It was that was confusing. Yeah, just to yeah. as if it isn't complicated enough. Just as a baseline, this is my understanding of this kind of property, right? So there's the original film, which was produced at the same time as the book 2001, okay. kind of worked together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. For the, for the release of that, yeah. Wow. Then the the writer of the book wrote 2010. And two other books, and the only other one, well, Kubrick wasn't interested in directing any other, you know, 2000 plus movie. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I guess Peter Holmes took control and made the antithesis of 2001 to me. It's much more Hollywood. It's much more, I don't know, it, it kind of takes away a lot of the the mystery aspect and the the interpretation side. It's a lot more. It's not the same. Yeah. It's a lot more exposition heavy it's oh yeah it's it's basically yeah it's it's yeah it's directed in a completely opposite approach and Mm -hmm. i don't know about you guys but (laughs) i found it to be uh pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) at times yeah the the visual effects were definitely pretty bad like especially compared to the original the fact that it came out like 20 years later floating in space parts yeah Mm mm-hmm and it looks worse. Yeah, yeah, that's the most shocking thing. Like it, it te- on, on a technical level, it is so much worse in every yeah. way than the original. And you, you can't help but compare. Props it. to Kubrick. Well, yeah, because yeah. I was reading about this movie with people saying, "Yeah, it's it's kind of more like the book. You've got to forget about the Kubrick movie and everything." But oh. this is weirdly reminding me of um, what was that horror movie that was also based off uh, a Kubrick of of The Shining. Oh, Doctor Sleep? Yeah, Doctor Sleep. There you oh, go, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Remember we were saying with Doctor Sleep how it's really hard to tell when people are saying, yeah, that it's more close to like the book adaptation, but they're also relying on visuals and remember that moments yeah. from yeah. the movie exactly. adaptation. Exactly. It's like so pick it one. It has no identity. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good that's yeah, a good It relies on the music and the visuals. Yeah, it really reminded me of that and how it I just mm-hmm. couldn't connect with it in that way because it as you say, the we'll get into the the visuals in a, in a bit more detail in a moment, but it seemed kind of shoddy to me and very dated, especially. It felt older, exactly. Which is exactly, weird. it's an incredible testament when you realize that 2001: A Space Odyssey is a timeless film and does not really feel dated. Absolutely, like you know when it was made, but like even watching it, it's like it feels like it's newer than it is, even though you know it's an older movie. You don't expect that mm-hmm. it's a film. What was it like? Sixty something? Sixty-nine or sixty-eight or something? Yeah, it was like the, the yeah. literally the sixties, mm-hmm. which is just absolutely. Mm-hmm. Insane. There's like the Pan Am parts that kind of remind you it's the sixties. Yeah, like, that's it. Like the visual effects are incredible, really, for the time, and the atmosphere is really what makes that movie. This movie doesn't have that same. It doesn't have that same tone. Yeah. That the you know the sixties one. It does. feels like any other random movie that you could pluck from the eighties and just be like, well. This is another 80s movie that people forgot, 
and it's just so dated and it's stuck in its time period. It's not mm-hmm. timeless in, in the slightest. It's like, this is exactly what was happening with every other movie at the time that got forgotten. Yeah, 2001 yeah. is a lot more ambiguous with the plot, too. And mm-hmm. this movie kind of, a lot of exposition, everything. a lot of over-explaining. Yeah, and then there's a lot of elements that make it feel dated, like the music and like certain sound design choices. Uh, the big difference for me, like, there's sound in space in this yeah, one. Yeah, I hated that. So, like, the, the, the jet engine, like, blows and then you yeah. hear like an explosion yeah, yeah I didn't even it's, think about it's that. very corny compared to the other one mm-hmm. very very corny and what's really funny is like i looked up on imdb um about the actors and realized that they were the same people with hal and dave mm-hmm. and it was pretty obvious with dave when he actually physically came back in the film but at the beginning when they when they had that line where they keep repeating it throughout the entire movie my god, my god it's full it's of stars, full of stars. Yeah. i'm like did they recast <laughs> did, did they replace that actor it didn't even sound like him it was so weird and the, like the delivery of it was just so cheesy it was yeah. like i don't even think he said that in the original film did he he didn't no i think that's a line from the original book yeah, I didn't, or something I he, he says it anything. in the book and it's like a reference to that i can't even recall yeah he doesn't say anything. Yeah, like the last like 20 or 30 minutes of the of the original are like completely like no dialogue for the most part mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is incredibly striking when you watch this movie because there's just non-stop yep. dialogue they don't shut and bad up. dialogue too. <laughs> just keep talking. Yeah. The, what did you guys think of the easy as cake uh, banter? Oh, what was because that? It was awkward. Like, it's a lot of weird banter. They, they, there was loads of weird times where they're trying to show like you know buddy buddy teamwork type character building, oh. and it's just so flat every time. There's the one with John Lithgow saying about how well oh, you've never done this before. It was like oh, a really yeah. weird joke that just didn't land. Uh-huh. They're trying to make them more relatable, right? There was like a scene yeah. later on where it's like John Lithgow and Roy Scheider, and they, they're talking about hot dogs. Oh, yeah. He's like, I put oh, dudes, mustard yeah. on mine. It's, oh, yeah. It's like so that was so quick, too. <laughs> I think the point of the original was like the humans aren't very acting very human-like. They're all very cold. And I think that works for that film much better. Because in this movie, it's, just, it's not funny, really. It's not... The first film know. has a better understanding of tone. Like, everything you see, every choice yeah. that is made complements the tone in that film. Whereas this one, it's, like, kind of just all over the place. The exposition is super fucking clunky and boring. <laughs> and then it's like you're watching, like, several movies at once where it's like, okay, get back to the fucking space shit, right? Like, I don't care about these characters. I don't care. Like, uh, and, and, and it's what's funny is, like, yes, you described the plot as being relatively simple, Alex, and that's true. But they took so long to explain the most basic yeah. things. It was so repetitive, and and all I was thinking when watching like the exposition, the first thirteen minutes of the f- film that felt like twenty five minutes, all I was thinking is just like, I could think of so many better ways to communicate this exact same information. Some of it's not even necessary. Mm-hmm. Some of it doesn't even need to be there. Even the way that information was delivered already, it's just like they did not do it in any kind of efficient or entertaining way whatsoever. It was just such a fucking slog in those scenes. They had a lot of scenes of just like re-explaining how like the suspended animation works when they go into space and like yeah I, they they obviously expect you to have seen the original mm-hmm. and like this is a major thing that we already know yet there's like three scenes explaining like oh i'm gonna go to sleep and then i'm gonna wake up later that's like no i know <laughs> yeah. that i got it i understand it's like they, they don't they explain stuff that they don't need to explain and like especially with the original doesn't really tell you anything and that like works to its benefit and yeah. especially mm-hmm. with the ending, like the ending of the original, you don't know what the what the fuck's going on. 
and it's up to your interpretation. Whereas in this, they just tell you like, oh, here's what happened. They made another son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's voiceover narration it's uh, so bad. quite often. Oh, yeah. It was reminding me of... Uh... The shitty Blade Runner cut. Yes, that's uh -huh, yeah, that's uh -huh. exactly what I thought. We were talking about Blade Runner earlier, mm -hmm. but it's not even like explaining anything most of the time. It's I know just like this vague. <laughs> the answers are bigger than the questions. Yes. <laughs> like just a bunch of nonsense. I think it was probably just in the book, and they just wanted to, you know, they're like, "Why not? We'll just include it here." Yeah. And what's funny is like some of them were in scenes where, okay, so he's walking along that like space bridge from one, you know, that portable bridge from one ship to the other. That scene would have been so much more effective just without that voiceover. Yeah. Because, like, you'd be able to absorb what's happening. Like, the visuals are good enough in that scene, too. The visuals weren't bad in that scene. Like, you could have something really atmospheric, but they just butchered it. They took it away. They completely just fucked up any opportunity at, at having something that was as much of an atmospheric experience as the first one, or just even atmospheric in general. They didn't understand yeah, tone. that really hurts it. They didn't really know what they were going for. Yeah. There's no mood to it. There's nothing yeah. to get you intrigued into it. Like the that first, that original movie, like you, you can't keep your eyes off it. It's so it's so original, and this is just so derivative mm -hmm. of just an mm -hmm. '80s blockbuster, as you say. the The first film is also like really symphonic, yeah. Especially in the way that the music was used. And what's so embarrassing about these callbacks and sequels and it's so funny because we see so many of them today but it was just as much of a thing in the 80s even if there weren't as many of them yeah you have like the opening credits and even the closing of the, of this newest uh, of the 2010 film and they're using that that song i was playing on the recorder um <laughs> yeah. as just kind of like a ooh, everybody knows that this song is from 2001 a space odyssey but it's like yeah you're ignoring how it was used though you're ignoring yeah. Yeah, how purpose. the song was it, it's not a credits song just to, to remind you that the song exists it has to be used in a better more purposeful way right yeah. in the original it was that was just really annoying it was like you have this like beautiful like visual of just like the the planets like the sun barely coming over them but in this one it's the same song but it's just a field with like satellite dishes yeah yeah it's like immediately yeah. from that yeah, point i was work. like okay i see what we're doing here we're just gonna and it's the introduction yeah too. it's the first like, the start of the film and think about being in a theater in the 60s with the loud like yeah. speakers and the oh, huge yeah. screen it's like epic and in this one they just yeah it's like they plopped in Halfway through the credits. Uh, do you remember the scene where Dave Bowman comes back and visits his wife on the TV? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Sure. I, I thought was that losing scene it was very scene. corny. Very yeah. corny scene. It was funny. It, it demystifies the original <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. walking around. What's going to happen? Yeah. Something extraordinary or whatever he said. Something wonderful. I don't remember the line. It's just really On that cheesy. demystifying line, though, um, how did you guys feel about the way they kind of explain Howl's motivation from the first movie. It's like a... Oh, the programming? Yeah, they go out of their way to explain yeah. why the first movie happens in the way that it does. That's really lame. removing all of that subtlety and nuance from it. Yeah. Like, I guess on a technical level, like, the the answer is okay. It's satisfying. I could imagine it being kind of satisfying in a novel form. Yeah. Like, if this was the answer in a novel and I'm reading it, I think I'd be satisfied by that. But I think because of the way Kubrick interpreted it compared to the way this director did, it, it is just... It, it felt like a B-movie to me, whereas 2001 is, like, high art. Like, in comparison, at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So go, like, to the to the Blade Runner comparison again. Like, in, in the sequel... They don't, like, go through, like, oh, was 
uh, Harrison Ford a replicant or not. Like, they don't try to over-explain stuff that happened already and, like, ruin mm-hmm. the original by, like, just at, at simul- simultaneously, like, not stop talking about but also trying to do, like, different stuff from the original. Yeah. And this one felt like, like, it's not the same movie. Like, it's it's a lot about, like, just people hanging out, talking to each other in space, whereas the original is not like that. Uh, it doesn't have, like, the cool visual effects, like, it's not just, like, a bunch of scenes of you staring, looking at stuff. Like, they're two different movies, and yet they want you to still kind of think about the other one in mm-hmm. the back of your head. Yeah. It's a direct sequel. There's no way you can't. Yeah. There's too many wink-wink, nudge-nudge moments. Yeah, that too. It's relying too much yeah. on that original. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, because, like, even just, like, visual moments from the original, they try to replicate, and it's just so embarrassing. Like, the person walking down in uh the the wall who's like just clearly being held yeah. by by yeah. a rope when it's just like okay this was done in the 60s and sure you can figure out how it was done but it's so much more convincing like the the first yeah. time you the watch it you're gravity. like holy shit it's really like cool. holy shit how did they do this the pen the pen yeah i was about to mention that too. yeah oh, <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that it was awful yeah because and and like it's so weird because there's clearly gravity there <laughs> but they just have this like center part it's just like i'm gonna put the pen here yeah remember that, In that original it is so seamless it's such a flex shot it's like really showing look yeah. at this you're like try and figure out how this was done and then and then contrasting it with this one I, I thought this movie would actually probably make for quite a funny comparison video where if you were comparing it directly to 2001 yeah <laughs> it is just so humorous when you contrast them because it is just so, yeah. it just doesn't work. It is it, so dated and aged. Yeah. In the original, there's a scene like it's really brief. It's like a really brief shot of um when they're like uh they're on the ship. The guy who's played by like the Jaws guy now in this one, he's <laughs> on the ship uh and his like food tray like lifts off for like a second, and that looks better than the fucking pen thing in this movie because mm-hmm. it's just it's it's brief. They're not like they're not like trying to show off like oh look we can make it float like it's it's just fits that one brief moment and then they try to like bring your attention to he, oh, he's making the pens float and it looks really bad it doesn't look like he's holding it at all mm-hmm. well apparently they they tried to do it the same way kubrick did in the original yeah. but they couldn't <laughs> so they just <laughs> tried to use the contemporary effects it and it looked the way it did well because yeah. kubrick actually went to space yeah that's true to do it in a way this movie is an awful experience but I don't think it ruins the original. I think it just gives me more appreciation for the original. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think it's particularly fascinating just how much I cared about the characters in the original when I knew, I guess, less about them. But they were just more consistent and more defined and more relatable and had more character to them. Whereas in this film, they spend a lot of time on these characters, but things are just so fucking all over the place. You got that moment where, like, they're doing the almost crash landing sort of thing. And then this random female character comes and they cuddle while they're falling. And it, that never gets brought up again. And it's like, wait, is this supposed to be like yeah. almost like a relationship thing that's getting developed here? And then they just completely forget about that. You know, it, I, I don't give a shit about any of the characters in this movie. And they try so hard to give them like quirks to their personality. You got like John Lithgow's hyperventilating and like, oh, I'm so scared. Like, <laughs> Just like ruining yeah. the tone of that scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> like try to give him more personality, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they only figure out he's hyperventilating like after ten minutes of him going, <laughs> like oh my god, mm-hmm. they try, and it's just it's such a miserable failure. 
And I also like, I don't know. The first thing we learn about the main character is like, oh, he's abusing dolphins, basically. <laughs> this tiny ass <laughs> pool in his house. Yes. Just, like, what was that about? Yeah. <laughs> like not really the, relatable. The, 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 the like future the future imagery in the original was there's like one gag with the, the toilet and stuff, which is like cute and cool, but Oh, what was that? You'll have to remind me. The toilet joke. In the first movie, um, yeah, um, the same character who's recast in this one when he first goes into space, he's like look, reading the instructions on how to use a like space oh, toilet yeah. type thing. It was like a quick, yeah. just a little. Or he's gag. like on it's the Skype with his daughter. Yeah, yeah. it's not even a gag though. That that actually happened. Mm-hmm. I guess how it was presented was a bit corny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in the yeah. No, I was just reading that. It's that Kubrick said it's the one intentional joke in that whole movie. Yeah. It pl- it looks and like it, a joke. It is cute. It's cool. It's an effective joke uh-huh. though. Like, yeah. As the one joke yeah. in the movie, it's like, oh, it's kind of cute. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. The only parts of 2001 that feel dated are like that, the Pan Am reference, oh, yeah. like when he's going through the, like the terminal at like the airport, the space airport. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? Yeah. But but that's it. Like. It, there's some parts in this movie that look good, like some sets that were well made, even though they're just kind of reminiscent of 2001 already. Um, there was just nothing that this film did that made it unique or stand out like that original one. Well, yeah. I mean, the dolphins yeah. in a tiny pool was certainly unique. Yeah, I do. I do remember that was the really original, stupid. Their one original <laughs> idea. It was definitely more character focused and and like plot driven. Like I appreciate that it was trying to be different and less vague. But it just, it, I, I, I don't know. Just the way Kubrick told that story was much more effective yeah. than how this director told this story. There was an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. There was like an intent. There was a tone. Yeah. Things were yeah. clear in terms of the like, oh, this is, is the so type of film you're making. made it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you guys, like you said, it, you, do, you feel more for the characters in the original mm-hmm. without them saying like anything. Like that scene of, uh, the scene of uh, Hal being unplugged, he's like begging for his life. Like that's emotional. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's insane. you don't yeah. feel anything for characters that are just like actually talking the whole mm-hmm. movie and you don't feel anything for them. Yeah. And it's also like partially the performances too, because like when I'm thinking of like Dave as a character, like he only gets so much in the first movie to be explored as a character, but his interactions with Hal and like when he starts understanding this idea that's kind of unraveling of, uh, that he shouldn't be trusting Hal and the conversations he's having with Hal. You can see subtleties in his performance, like you can see the yeah. stress in his face, even if he's not outwardly communicating that, because he is trying to hide that from Hal. Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of mirrored scenes in this film, where you have the guy who's like lying to Hal, but it's so fucking obvious, like there's no subtlety in the yeah. performance. He's like, he had this plan, mm-hmm. like he he's already established this plan of like, I'm going to lie to Hal right now, and we're going to try and get him to warp speed out of here or whatever. <laughs> he's already had this plan. And then as soon as Hal asks him the most basic question, like, why are we doing that? He's like, uh, duh, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's like, what? You didn't have any yeah. kind of, like, you said you had a plan. What? What is this? It was just so weird and goofy. Hal in the original movie was, like, to the point where he could, he could notice, like, the slightest imperceptibility of, like, your, your mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Like, he could read lips oh, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can see that when he's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to let you back in because I know you're going to unplug me. And Dave's, like, trying not to, like, waver, but his, like, lip is quivering, like... That's beautiful. And then you've got mm-hmm. this guy who designed Hal, I guess, and they say like, "Oh, he's he's just like Hal because he designed him." And he yeah. like they try to make you think that he like cares about him because he made him, but then he doesn't really have any of that subtlety when he's interacting with them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he just tells him what's going to happen. 
Yeah, it it makes for a much more interesting kind of like cat and mouse game in the original, where it's like both of these characters are are trying their hardest to like manipulate the other, and you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't really know how it's going to play out. Tension, horror, yeah. Whereas in this one, it's just like there's nothing. No there. subtlety. Yeah, yeah. They're trying a bit too hard to make Hal sympathetic. Also, yeah. like especially at the end with his sacrifice. I guess. Will I dream? Yeah, it's like it, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that <was> <laughs> it's too. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, it's yeah. very. It's very much. Oh, Hal was just doing his best. Yeah, he was programmed to lie. Just a person too. <laughs> yeah. Did you like, like a Sal uh, nine thousand? That, that was, was weird. Corny. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Sal. Yeah. <laughs> but no, for me, g- going back to the special effects, that was really what was stopping me from getting engaged with the movie because the combination of the like live action scenes and the special effects there was this weird like cropping thing going on where i mean i can just read i saw that too yeah and i was like is this my tv have i just got a bad copy or something but apparently the special effects for 2010 were filmed on 65 millimeter film and the live action scenes were filmed at 35 millimeter. Oops. And due to the differences in the size and ratio, there's a noticeable cutoff area oh at the God. side oh, of no. the picture during the space scenes. Oh, and no. you can really see it. Like It's <laughs> like in Photoshop when you're doing a crude cutout. I noticed it and I was like, ugh. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, and you see, uh, like the the green lighting, the green glow around people yeah. where the oh, man. has been painted up. Like yeah, but the yeah. lighting is different. Exactly. Yeah. When there's like way too much noise in the visuals, just for like the characters, like they're popping out of the background environment in a way where it's like, okay, this yeah. is the most fucking obvious green or blue screen in the world. <laughs> then the original, it's just like, okay, it's seamless. None of that. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It holds up. The backgrounds of the original, when they were in outer space, were just black. And in this, they're a little too overdone. There's, like, a ton of stars. Oh, yeah, there's, like... There's a ton of planets Blue and Christmas glow. lights. Yeah, and it makes yeah. it feel more fake and more like a Much like an 80s fake. cheesy sci-fi movie. It looks yeah. more like space in the original, whereas in this one, it looks like computer-generated uh-huh. space. Yeah. More or less. Mm-hmm. What's funny is, like, you can try to make that comparison to things today where you think of what current special effects do people accept right now that for the time being look impressive but will age terribly because i'm sure in the 80s this film looked looked pretty fucking yeah yeah like it it looked perfectly acceptable in the 80s it got nominated for academy awards for the special effects yeah right yeah exactly but today it's just like okay well that's (laughs) this 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 is the wrong idea here Mm -hmm. and it's yeah the the biggest insult to the film is just like well 20 years ago it looked better yeah (laughs) So strange. You can't even say like, "Oh, it's the technological limitations of its time." Well, twenty years ago, they <laughs> it looked perfectly fine. So you don't have that excuse anymore. All it says is like they just couldn't do it as good as the original. Like that's the only thing that it that it proves is that like yeah. they tried and they yeah. didn't do as good of a job. It's almost like Kubrick is a better director than Hames. <laughs> what does he make? What's what's that guy even done? Exactly, than, uh, time call. Exactly. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, time obviously cops, so, worthy yeah. of directing the 2001 A Space Odyssey sequel. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if the director was like, I passionately want to make this, or if it was an IP that the studio had and was like, okay, who can direct this sort of thing? You know? Yeah. I wonder I wonder yeah. which one of those it was. I, don't know, I, th- I feel like I'd be kind of nervous to direct a sequel to 2001 A Space Odyssey. I wouldn't want to do that, even if yeah, I like really it liked it. It shows a bit of naivety. Yeah, there's a lot like you have to live up to. It's too much pressure, really. 
Yeah, the way to do it is like how Nolan did it with Interstellar, where he's using the, what he likes about the, you know the original and making it into his own thing while you know oding it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, you know when uh, Dave in the original goes through that like trippy color sequence and all these like flashing lights and everything, you know? Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. so well done. And then you have almost what seems like an attempt in this film of like, oh, flashy lights, but it just looks like carnival oh, circus. Yeah, it looks like crap. <laughs> like, and the, like the interior of the ship is just has all these like way too many lights going on. Way too many like red, red buttons and shit. Just like yeah, distracting yeah. the entire <laughs> atmosphere and mood and setting, you know, it's just, overkill did you notice some of the weird shoddiness with like do you remember early on in the movie there's like a future car that's driving down a road and the future car like can't even drive in a straight line it, like can't <laughs> oh, that's stay funny. centered it like <laughs> veers off into the middle of the road and so what oh, the main God. character has just he's just got some weird quirks to his performance like it, it seemed yeah. like he wasn't given enough context as to what was really going on like he, there's lots of scenes of him sat at computers like clearly not really understanding what you should be doing on a keyboard yeah. and just like laughing and just just strange things <laughs> it's just a i just kept saying to myself like this is a weird movie it's weird <laughs> it's the fact this exists is weird that the fact like nothing about it works is weird why does this exist like another thing that's crazy about it is that just the level of dedication they went to despite that like Kubrick destroyed all of the we made he didn't personally destroy but he got all of those original like models from the original film destroyed after making it mm-hmm. so no one else could use them again so the the crew for this movie took like screenshots effectively and and rebuilt like sets and models just using the imagery from that first movie which mm-hmm. is like so much work and then in the end the effect shots don't even look that great yeah. it's just uh, yes yeah, disappointing yeah. I love how they used a clip from the original film in the Pan Am commercial. <laughs> if you notice that. Like, oh, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Just one of the one of the ship shots from the original they just put into the commercial and pretended like it was a part of that. Apparently it had some early CGI in it, this movie. It did. did. It? Yeah, with all the monoliths at the end. Was that the I mean, there were some shots of like yeah. the planets that were yeah, CG like, too. Yeah, yeah I like guess CG. there too. Yeah, the the zero gravity effects I really had issue with. They they didn't look when they were plugging Hal back in. That didn't look as convincing mm-hmm. as like the original one. Yeah, like the yeah, way none he would turn, it kind of just looked like he was on a wire or like some kind of rod. It was like, so it didn't, obvious. It didn't look, yeah, there was like no momentum really mm-hmm. when he turned. I mean, I just don't want to shit all over the movie. <laughs> I like the I cast. Do. The cast. I think the cast is fine. And yeah, I just I wish it was better. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I was I was desperate. I was trying to find things to like about it. Yeah, it's so average. I was, and it's, it's hard to enjoy. I can't. <laughs> yeah, is your daughter blonde? Good. My son likes blondes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was a little weird. Christ, this thing is big. Yeah, it's just weird lines. <laughs> I'll be scared enough for both of us. Hot dog. There's this whole like Cold War kind of. Oh thing yeah, going the the whole yes. oh, yeah, yeah. with and Russians. Helen near it's like a Russian. Device. Yeah, and it's supposed to. So, is the movie like an allegory for that, like Russians and and Americans working together, or like getting over like some kind I think of it's, war? Yes, like the Cold War, <laughs> yeah. I guess, is still going on yeah. in this universe. Yeah. You know, one thing I said that 2001: Space Odyssey needs is more war. 
and mm. it's a war subplot. <laughs> yeah, more action. Yeah, there's like a crash scene where like a guy flies across the ship and there's sparks. Yeah, flying. it ends with an explosion. They're like flying away from it. Nice. That's what it needed. Yeah. <laughs> so they send a message from hell. It's literally coming from hell, and he just sends the message over and over, saying like, "Yo, don't land on Europa. You're not allowed there." And that stops the Cold War. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody's like, fine. And they're like, oh, there's two suns now. It's like a, <laughs> like a Watchmen thing, like in the original Watchmen comic. Spoilers for Watchmen. But like, it's like uh, a big giant squid teleporting in will stop the Cold War. Like, I, I mean, maybe it's like something about like today's current events, but a worldwide like problem does not stop conflict. And we all know that now. So it's a lot sillier in retrospect. Yeah. Well, and it's also like, the original movie kind of covers similar themes with the yeah. you know the the creation of intelligence and the creation of like war and you know using weaponry that that whole kind of right. idea is is kind of explained but you just have to get there on your own it's a bit subtle mm-hmm. yeah it's up, it's yeah. up to your interpretation subtle. as opposed subtle. to like periodically being told by you know the characters on the news like it's just the backdrop oh now war yeah. has broken out <laughs> and he has to go over to the other spaceship now because you're gonna allowed to hang out with each other so that he can have the plot device happen to him so getting back to that whole transmission, was that like the whole point of everything that happened? <laughs> I so guess. like, uh, were they trying to say that like the events in the first film, them finding the monolith on the moon and then going to like near Jupiter and then Dave getting sucked through and becoming like a timeless being or whatever, that was all <laughs> for the sake of the monolith just saying, yo, don't go to Europa you can have whatever else you want, but that's ours. So. <laughs> that was literally like the whole point of everything that happened in the entire story. Yeah, I guess is that so. what happened? Am I incorrect? I, so. I think you're right. That was it. okay. They kind that's... of they couldn't have sent their own. The ending message. shot is the monolith, isn't it? Like on the <laughs> primitive planet, kind of the same way as 2001 opens. Right, that's how this movie ends, which I guess is explaining yeah. the 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 monoliths. You know, they they do what they do in the first movie, and they encourage intelligence and they're, they're like the in prometheus they're like the you know <laughs> the, the life makers yeah this movie needed some black goo they multiply <laughs> themselves in <laughs> jupiter's spot and they do this thing where like the thing explodes and the ships are there and the ships have to get out of the way in time <laughs> silly. and all i'm thinking is like jupiter's okay well <laughs> was this going to happen regardless of whether or not dave showed up like what the fact that they showed up what does he have to encouraged do this event to happen and they like it was all they needed. Hal, did they just need Hal to like any computer to send the message? What does it even matter if like the humans know? Like if they were just hanging out and there's the cold, like they're doing their Cold War stuff, and then like a planet explodes. It, no, the same thing would have happened. Yeah, they probably would have gone up there and checked it out. Like, oh, there's some planets up here. Yeah, it's not clear what the goal of the movie, what like the purpose of the movie is. Like the entire story. What is Dave's like? Dave like ascended into like a a, a god basically. But he doesn't. God, does baby. Is, he tells people what to do sometimes, and yeah, yeah, he can appear on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, visit his dying Seems mother. Like There's that line when they're trying to like figure out what's happening on Jupiter as they're multiplying. It's like, at what rate are they increasing? And then they, Hal, I think, says once every two minutes. It's like, well, are they <laughs> multiplying by two every two minutes? Like, what? Yeah, that's not uh, a that's rate. Confusing. You're a computer. You could be. <laughs> yeah. Like, once every two minutes. What does that mean? <laughs> One every two minutes, or are they duplicating, like doubling every two minutes? Yeah, one every two minutes. That's, that's not a lot. There shouldn't have been that many. <laughs> they're they're increasing once every two minutes, but increasing by what amount? We'll never know. 
Guess not. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I just I just found out my notes. The fucking calculator shots when there's that whole oh, countdown. Yeah. He's like going back to like oh, he's got a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so don't bad. Don't lose your calculator. I did get some good laughs from this movie. And then the dude stays there for way too fucking long. The entire scene where it's like, okay, you could have communicated this in such less time. There's no reason why you had to withhold the information to Hal that there was danger there. That would have encouraged him to go. That's what you want him to do. Why were you withholding that information? And then they just fucking leave while he's still outside the ship. <laughs> he took way too long. So stupid. I've got a weird fit theory about this movie. Sure. Speaking of uh, M Night Shyamalan, right? Oh boy. Okay. I, I think he might secret. I think he might secretly love this movie. And do you want to know why? Oh yeah. You mentioned the hot dog thing, right? Sure. Remember another M Night movie <laughs> that has a random <laughs> hot yeah, dog monologue. happening? Yeah, but get mm. this though as well. Mary Jo Deschanel is in this movie. Oh, this isn't oh. happening. <laughs> Whoa. Her daughter is in that movie. Oh That's God. hilarious. <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Maybe, yeah. This this is um, 2001 if it was set in the happening universe. That makes Now it makes sense. <laughs> now it's a good movie. If it was an M9 film. <laughs> if yeah. Zoe Deschanel had the hot dog line, I think I would be more. I, I would go along with your fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's another thing I want to mention that was just in my notes coming back to like just how the film is presented. There's dialogue between Hal and other characters, especially when Hal is first introduced. And the most glaring thing about the way it was presented in terms of how it's different to the original film is just the way that it was edited, the the sentences and how quickly the characters respond to each other. Mm -hmm. Because there's a natural tension in the pacing in the first film when there's more space between the words that they say to each other, the sentences that they say, mm -hmm. and they're, you can tell that they're like thinking, and there's like a creepiness to Hal because he doesn't respond right away. Yeah. But in this yeah. film, it's just like, bup, 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 just like a, like a regular conversation, and it's like, wow, that, mm -hmm. that's just a, a tiny little thing that you can do in, in the editing process that just adds so much. It's just the pacing Yeah, the silence has added, added a little more tension to it, and then the ship ambience too. Like, just the sound of 2001, the use of sound yeah. was so great. And this movie, it's very, like, lackluster, just like any other sci-fi movie you'd see. There's yeah. no attention paid to, like, even the minimal sound design in 2001. Mm -hmm. It was very minimal, very loud, very, like, lots of, like, anxiety kind of sounds, like, sounds that would give you anxiety, like when the ships were beeping and whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is nothing in that, in this movie. It's just bland. The film also had that really shitty thing where everything's really, 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 really loud in the loud parts and then really quiet in the not loud parts. I don't yeah, remember that being yeah. an issue with 2001. I don't remember no, having to not. constantly adjust my volume. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, yeah. The opening of the film was so fucking loud in this one. I would have liked to see this in a theater. So I, I'm not going to judge the sound mix, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. 2001 is really loud if you see it in a theater. The, the way... Like, I saw it when it was... In the theater, like a few years ago, yeah, or me was too. It a year ago, or yeah, oh, you did, yeah. Did, did you notice how like loud the mix was when you saw it in the theater environment? I mean, yeah, it was it was loud, but that's like I don't know, that, yeah. that's like more I feel of like a it theater would be the thing, same. I yeah, I feel like it would be the same. Like if if you played this movie in a theater, I don't have much of an issue. I just saw like the actual the sound effects and everything like that. Mm -hmm. It was so bland yeah. using the sound in space. Yeah, I I actually drove to the states to to catch the 2001 re-release in theaters and i uh i watched that and gaudy 
<laughs> both of which were not playing what in, a double in my feature, city, holy so. shit. Two of the best films ever made, yeah. And Upgrade, also <laughs> on the same trip. Pitbull. We mentioned Eminem earlier, oh, but Pitbull is really gotta, great with that Gotti soundtrack. Oh God. That's probably my Pitbull's favorite. Pitbull's gotta be on the new Venom song, too. <laughs> oh my God, that's who Eminem can collaborate with. Yeah. Eminem Pitbull. I won't accept oh, anything else. Yes. Carnage. <laughs> I'm glad that you recommended it, Alex, because not only would I not have seen it otherwise, but I definitely wouldn't have finished it. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, definitely yeah. Would, I definitely I would have. not have sat through the entire film without <laughs> you recommending it for the podcast. Well, yeah, I've, I've always been curious about it because I, I, I remember yeah. finding it like years ago, like over a decade ago on IMDb and being like, what is this? Is this like even, is this like some ripoff thing? But it's like, yeah. I saw John Lithgow there and like all these big actors. Like, it's a big, it's a big production. And I guess for the time it was fairly impressive in terms of like a big Hollywood spectacle, but mm-hmm. man, it, it it does not hold up nowadays. I don't think it made that much money. Yeah. I saw it was up against uh, David Lynch's Dune. Yeah. It says budget of 28 million and box office 40.4 million. So not that great. Yeah. God. Oopsie. It's just not very good, is it? It's just, uh, I think there's a reason that no one remembers this and no one talks about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no reason <laughs> to watch to it. Say. I wish I liked it more. It is painfully average, which yeah. is not what 2001 is. I, yeah. I wish it wasn't that. Yeah. It's dated. It's stuck in the 80s. Yeah. Like if, if you want more 2001, it, surely it would be better to read the book and then just go through all the four books if you want that story yeah. in a more kind of consistent <laughs> voice you know maybe if there had been more of these maybe then i would have liked it oh an, an extended universe yeah if it was 2001 like the cinematic the universe an extended universe of cheesy 2001 themed movies <laughs> yeah yeah i could be down with a that. bunch of monoliths there's like fight scenes with monoliths and hal just keeps coming back like jigsaw in the saw series they have like yeah, alien just... versus monolith and then hal had like a secret brother and then some other people were just off screen the entire time in 2001 helping out. And that's how it, everything <laughs> happened. There were parts that reminded me of Alien. Like the characters all kind of talking over the yeah, table. The buddy yeah, buddying. I know. That, yeah, the um, buddy buddying. Yeah. yeah. It was like an Alien 2001 mix up in the 80s. Except mm. without like tension. Yeah, without <laughs> tension. And, like, without atmosphere. entertainment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very boring. Very, very, very boring. I cannot tell you <laughs> just just the emotions that went through me in the first 13 minutes of the film, where it was like the intro, they're like, you know, it's just showing all the stuff from the original 2001. I'm like, okay, not bad so far, but you're not doing anything new yet. And then as soon as it gets to like, they're, they're like outside and he's having a conversation with that old guy and he's like up on the, the yeah. staircase or whatever. And oh, they just yeah. like back and forth. I'm like, holy god this is just this is like the most uninteresting thing i've ever heard in my entire life and there were like several moments where Mm -hmm. i was like i had to snap out of (laughs) other things that were going on in my head i'm like oh shit i'm watching a movie i was just thinking about other things like fuck it happened so much. i I watched the two back to back and i've managed you know i'm sitting and watching 2001 just vibing and this one put me to sleep like halfway through i think he was talking to helen the guy was talking to helen mirren and i'm like dozing off and i'm like this is a movie where they're actually having conversations as opposed to a movie where it's just like it's just shots of space but i'm more engaged in that and i'm falling asleep right now yeah mm-hmm. all right so would everybody rate the film oh boy would you recommend it no 
<laughs> Don't watch. I this. wouldn't. I wouldn't not recommend it. I would probably give it a five out of ten. It's mm-hmm. average. It's an average eighties sci-fi film. Yeah, two thousand one stuff in it. I'm a little bit below Ralph. Um, I I found a lot of humor in this movie. I don't know if that's just me, but sure. I was I was laughing at some of it because uh, just that dialogue, especially for me, it's like that. It it just felt like the the guy from Jaws was just like playing the same character. It was, it was bizarre, like this Hollywood like legend. Yeah, it was, it was very weird. Um, two star out of five for me. I'll think. I think probably four out of ten. It's like just below being average. Like if it was, it's just like I didn't want to watch it after a little while. I'm like, this is this is not enjoyable. <laughs> it's not enjoyable. Yeah. And I'm giving this one a 2 out of 10. It was a boring piece of shit. It was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. We're going to need a bigger ship. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, thank you for the recommendation, Alex. It's very much appreciated. No worries. Thank you. Yeah. Question time? Okay, let's do it. Let's answer some questions from the Sardonicast community. If you want to leave questions for us to answer on future episodes, head over to the Sardonicast subreddit, where there'll be a suggestion thread. Let's start with this one then from uh, Crow Guys. What movie cliche is your guilty pleasure? What cliche you don't mind seeing or even somewhat enjoy seeing when it's done right? Obvious one would, I guess, be breaking the fourth wall. It really just depends on how it's handled. There's some movies where it's obnoxious and some movies where it works out really well. Yeah. Yes, I think we actually have a question about that later too. Okay. Um, I like a good hero's journey, like yeah. when yeah. it's done really well and you can really feel for that one character. I really like that. That's a good answer. I've got a soft spot for lines in movies that acknowledge um, how ridiculous or silly it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Looper does it. Uh, Mission Impossible does it. It's yeah. often in action movies where it's it's the filmmaker directly acknowledging like the silliness and being like, "Look, yeah, that's like Jeremy on. Renner's Looper." Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and, and mm-hmm. like you said, in the Mission Impossible movies, like Jeremy Renner's whole character is just the guy who like, "This is ridiculous. How are we doing this?" And they're like, "Don't worry about it. It's cool." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that's cute. I can't think of any, and I love trash, so I, I'm shocked <laughs> I can't think of anything. Just trash in What about the strings, Ralph? You like the strings, don't you? Uh, yeah, but I hate the violins. <laughs> the, <laughs> I hate that There's crap. one instrument you would murder. What about, like, a cat screaming? Cat. <laughs> yeah, it's all, like, sound design stuff. I'll, I'll think of something, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, do, uh, I do agree with the hero's journey thing, because, like... Yeah, that's a good one. If there's no substance to it at all then, you know, you can't just have that structure in a film and then hope that it works. But a lot of classic movies follow very specific formulas, but there's enough going on in terms of how they're made technically and, you know, how the characters are written, how things are presented that, like, okay, well, like, it's clear why this is a formula. It's because it works. You can do it really badly. It's really, yeah. really easy to mess up, but, like, there's also enough room to do it differently than everything else. Yeah, if you have, like, actual stakes and consequences in there at some point in the film. Yeah. There isn't much of a journey if there isn't, like, pain and suffering at some point. Yeah. Yeah, Hero's Journey is good when they have, like, the the villain that's the the mirror image of them, but going down, like, a, a different path. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's always fun. How about we do this one from Illegal the Amigo? A question towards Marcus, but of course you boys can answer too. 
What esports game do you like watching on a high level or create some of the hypest moments? Tekken Melee comes to mind for me. Uh, honestly, like when you go see like a, I don't know if you guys have like actually like watched like a like esports in like person. They're a lot more exciting in person. Like I remember um when I was I went to a fighting game tournament here where I live in Orlando and whatever random game they played they were playing like stuff i've never even heard of but people were so excited just to watch it mm-hmm. in person honestly most like most esports are actually pretty fun if you're watching it in person um tekken's really fun to watch even games like i don't play i'll, I'll watch them but the mm-hmm. the more interesting thing is what games people don't like watching that's yeah. <laughs> always really funny because yeah. um <laughs> at, at that same tournament i was the the street fighter cross tekken game came out and it was so boring people were like no one was like people like falling asleep in their seats because it was like 9 a.m for the tournament and the they didn't even do the finals they just decided to split the money because they know people didn't want to watch it that's funny oh wow yeah (laughs) yeah i'm not huge into the competitive gaming scene i would much rather if we're talking about speedrunners as a competitive gaming thing then sure but in terms of like too, yeah. okay yeah then sp- any speed running i f- i find interesting to watch yeah. i'm just not a big fan of you know as much as i love halo i'm not going to watch people play halo yeah. against each other and be entertained by halo that. speed runs and then. then the ones that i enjoy the least would be like league of legends or something oh, where it's like league i don't even understand sucks. what's going on it's so it's so hard <laughs> i don't even watch. know what's happening here <laughs> mm-hmm. no starcraft and stuff yeah i like that game and i would never watch it like mm-hmm. that it's so unengaging yeah, I was really into uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate stuff when that came out. Just Smash Bros. in general. I, I don't know. It's, like, simple enough, but the mastery is just so ridiculous. Yeah, because, yeah. like, everybody's played it, and you know, like, you can tell when someone's doing something impressive because you've probably dabbled yeah, in the, the game. Yeah, I think the design is just so good in that game. And... Yeah. I watched some Counter-Strike when I was younger, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm not big into esports now. I haven't watched any of Not that. even Minecraft? No, not Minecraft. <laughs> Rainbow Six Siege, a little Competitive bit. Competitive Minecraft. It exists? Yeah, there's like Call of Duty. There's, you know, but I'm not like active Minecraft watching. Minecraft Hunger Games. Yeah. yeah. Minecraft Hunger Games. Minecraft's <laughs> making a comeback. <laughs> just play it. Yeah, it people is. like Minecraft again. Did it ever yeah. go away? Oh, that's cool. Like, now, like, people, like, just like it now. Yeah. Like, before they're like, oh, it's for babies, but now people are like, no, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's oh, fucking it's awesome. Minecraft, like. Yeah, Minecraft is good. Yeah. There's a channel I discovered recently that's got like 10 million subscribers called Dream. And I was like, holy shit, I'm actually kind of enjoying a Minecraft Let's Play channel. <laughs> it's got like good setups. It's like the the guy's like a speedrunner and he'll get like four of his friends with the objective of just like killing him before he can beat the game. And they've they've all got like souped <laughs> up awesome. armor and shit. Awesome. Yeah. It's actually pretty I'm, entertaining. I'm that down. I want to watch that. Yeah. Shout out to Dream. We got a quick one for you, Adam, if you want to do this. Yes. Ogie Doggy Dank says, question for Adam. How do you barf on command? It's like you just use your stomach in the same way that you use your lungs when you exhale. You like squeeze the muscles around your stomach. It's easier if you have a more full stomach. It's easier if it's like liquids, even carbonated liquids. But yeah, it's like... uh, (laughs) You put your research in. It's not research. I'm just describing something that comes naturally to me. It's not like I... How did you discover this, though? How did I discover it? Yeah, you have a story of the first mm. time. Like you got a, There must have been a first time you did it. When did you discover this power? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> I, I burp a lot, 
And like depending on like <laughs> what food I eat, like that'll happen more so often. You just burps and I don't know. I've got like mouth. a weird digestive system. Sometimes <laughs> I'll like eat food, and then like half an hour later I'll burp, and then there's like food in my mouth. <laughs> it's like ew. <laughs> Dude, it's just, that's not like, normal. It's like, I know. I don't know. Maybe I should see a doctor. <laughs> that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, I might have some issues. <laughs> <laughs> Body's just rejecting what you put in. <laughs> yeah. uh, Space Pretzel has one for us. Like I teased earlier. What are some of the best examples of fourth wall breaks you can think of, and what are some of the worst? I um, have you guys seen um, uh, Fleabag? It's a TV show. No, I've seen an episode of it. Um, it's been yeah. recommended. I've heard good things. It had like the main character, like she talks to the like the audience because that's like part of her character. She like confides in you because she doesn't have any friends mm -hmm. um and she doesn't have anybody that like relates to her and not to spoil it but like there's a character later who does relate to her and he like looks directly at the camera and acknowledges you for the first time and it's really really cool it's like really freaky that's cool i always liked house of cards for that okay yeah. um, you know you can't release uh you know kevin spacey and all that but he was a good performer and every time you would do that was when i was like enjoying that show the most because the the writing was really good the monologues were really fiery that's a good yeah, one i don't know the, the simpsons usually does it pretty well oh yeah when yeah they, that's a good one actually <laughs> yeah when they talk about how <laughs> shitty it is that they're on fox <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or like they, they talk about old writers like oh, they, yeah. they mentioned uh or like people on snl like that joe piscopo they make jokes about him it's like funny like homer makes jokes about him <laughs> <laughs> like it, that's just like the writers fucking with Joe Piscopo, mm -hmm. or like you know. Yeah, that's so funny. I enjoy that stuff. I usually don't like fourth wall breaks. Like, how do we feel about Deadpool or like someone like that? Like, mm. a, that's like the mainstream. Yeah. Like, I think of Deadpool when I think fourth wall break. I don't really like the Deadpool one. It's mm. become more like commonplace to have like fourth wall breaks nowadays because of stuff like yeah. that. Or like now it's like not really as novel anymore. Yeah, depends well, on how it's yeah. Done. Using it lazily, I think, is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Deadpool made it mainstream. Yeah, like funny games and House of Cards and all of these, they, they they have a real intent and like with a story for doing it. But when comedy applies it, like the worst example in my mind is Big Mouth. You guys probably haven't seen it, but there's uh, they yeah. break the fourth wall so much and it's the laziest shit every time. It's just mm -hmm. there's nothing surprising about it. There's no like setup and punchline to it. It's just the easiest gag you can make. It's just to break the fourth wall in that moment and just distract you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's lazy. It's just like, it's very easy to break the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. Just be like, isn't this dumb? When they, it's worse when they like bring up their own flaws in their writing. Like, oh, that's just like when Deadpool says like, oh, that's just bad writing. Yeah. Like, okay, you wrote it though. Like the yeah. guy who made the movie not is making excuse. Deadpool say this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not fooled. It's okay now. <laughs> the writer should think that to themselves and then like write a good line. Yeah. yeah. They're smart enough to know it. They're not smart <laughs> enough to fix it. My uh, my examples for best would be funny games and uh, without getting too specific as to not spoil the film, uh, The Holy Mountain has one of yeah. the best examples of fourth wall breaking ever, I think. And yeah, funny games could also be someone's worst, depending on how they feel about the film. I know a lot of people hate it for that reason, but, you know, depends on what you get out of it, I guess. Is adaptation a fourth wall break? I would say so. Kind yeah. of. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love I love adaptation, yeah. It's like more clever again. Yeah. Not just breaking yeah. yeah. You could say that for like in a way like multiple Charlie Kaufman films. Because it's like Synecdoche yeah, is sure. so meta. And same with the mm -hmm. newest film I'm thinking of ending things. It's like 
I, I wonder if that counts, I guess. It's like two different things, just being like super meta and like about the movie and about you, the person watching it itself, without specifically saying it in like an obvious way, yeah. but it's clearly a part yeah. of the themes and it's clearly what you're supposed to be thinking about, but it just doesn't like spell it out to you, I guess. I think that counts. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. like fourth wall breaking used to not just be like, oh, the character looks at you and says a funny thing. Like it used to be like other stuff to like making you th making pulling you out and like making you think about the movie in a different way, like literally just breaking down that wall between you and the movie. Mm -hmm. Well, Ralph mentioned the Simpsons. Goosey McGooseface 2 says favorite Simpsons moment. Oh, wow. This has always just like kind of been in my back pocket, I guess. I, when, I, when I think of the Simpsons and how just how well presented it was when they were in their golden years, mm -hmm. I think of moments like from an episode called Marge Be Not Proud, I think is the episode title or something like that. But basically it's the one where Bart wants the new video game. He steals it from a store. It's near Christmas. And we get this like really, really great character moment with Marge and Bart where she stops like tucking him into bed and saying that she loves him every night because her idea of what he is as a character and what he is as like a child. She's like, oh, no, he's growing up. He's being like his own person. I can't reasonably expect to have this idea in my head of what Bart is to me anymore, right? And so, like, mm. that part of her life is, like, broken. And you get the, those moments where they're making analogies to, like, the bathroom rug and how it just soaks up everything and, you know, like, mm. uh, how she, like, represses her emotions and stuff. That's what I think about when I think of, like, how great The Simpsons was initially. And, yeah, there's tons of amazing jokes and great clever gags and all that. I love that so much, too. But what's really missing, not only in the new episodes of The Simpsons, but in every Simpsons clone like Family Guy, is having real genuine character moments that can get emotional. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they pretend in Family Guy, like, oh no, Brian's dying for real this time, even though we've showed, <laughs> we've showed him die like 800 times that in flashbacks, sucks. but this time it's real. And they have that yeah. like music cue of like, oh, it's sad. It's like so fake and phony. And they try to, to emulate these real emotions, but they just can't do it. Whereas in early The Simpsons, it was just impeccable. They successfully had emotions like that and it's great yeah there are a lot of good emotional moments i don't watch a lot of simpsons but those are the moments that stand out to me like the one where bart um i don't remember exactly the context but like he has to study for a test or something and he actually tries really hard but he still doesn't do well and he actually like breaks down he's like i actually tried and it didn't work like that yeah that hits me i'm like because mm -hmm. that happens sometimes yeah yeah there was a lot more heart to it yeah yeah one of my favorite episodes is i think it's called what's the one where homer gets heart surgery um, mm -hmm. it has like a little emotional moment like that, but it also has so many great jokes, so much commentary on like the American health sector and everything. It's, it was just so witty and, and smart and it could jump yeah. around so much. So, so much well better. written. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The, the treehouse of horrors are always memorable. Oh yeah. yeah. I've always yeah. enjoyed those. And that's example of like great parody, mm -hmm. like really funny, clever I'd never seen, like, The Shining before the Treehouse of Horror one I'd seen. And, like, Homer, like, freaking out was funny. Donut yeah, Hell. isn't there a 2001 one of those? Yeah, this is 2001. They parodied everything. Yeah. yeah everything. Every major pop culture thing. The Donut yeah, Hell yeah. is really funny. Yeah. Uh, this like, I think 3D Homer is a Treehouse of Horror. Oh, yeah. 
That was like oh, season yeah. six or something. Oh, that was like 3D. groundbreaking. Yeah, he's I like seeing that. In that was pretty so. funny. <laughs> I mean, I bet by today's standards, it looks like crap. But back then, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty like ahead of the times when it came to a lot on the show, like writing. Yeah. It was like one of the first shows. It was basically the show that changed how people perceived animation and whether or not you could have a show that was appealing to adults that was animated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early The Simpsons is just so fucking good. Yeah, it's a genius setup. So great. Just everyone can relate to it. Yeah. Seasons two through four are like perfect, like golden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rabid Mini Bear has one for us. I've noticed that some of the recommended movies aren't readily available on the major streaming services like Netflix or Amazon Prime. And then about two weeks after you guys publish the episode on those films, they appear on these platforms. <laughs> So you think that you're talking about them bringing attention to it influences them being placed on these platforms, question mark? Or is it just a wild coincidence? I would say that the process probably takes a lot longer than two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So it might just be a coincidence. Yeah, I'd need uh, some some evidence of that too. Even if they listened to our podcast and was like, let's get the rights to that film, I don't think it would happen in two weeks. Yeah, I'm not 100%. Because like, after I put the Love and Unleashed interview up, they took Love and Alicia off Tubi, I think. <laughs> oh, so you're you're the, oh, opposite. Really the opposite. I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna double oh, check. Dude. I might just be, let me just make sure I'm not fucking with Is everyone. It's still on Amazon Prime. Oh no, it's here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Crisis weird. averted. I think they took that off somewhere though. Like I was trying to find it and was like, oh, it's not here anymore. They IP banned you from watching the film again. Uh, it's on uh, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, you can't watch it on Amazon anymore. Oh shit! Why would they take that down? <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. Shark Repellent 1991 as one. What do you think is the most improved sequel? Is in what sequel do you believe has the greatest increase in quality over its predecessor? Oh. Obviously, 2010. The oh. year we made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mention the second Blade Runner. Yeah, I think that one's a really there. great sequel. Depending on what you like out of a movie. Uh huh. Godfather 2. Yeah. Uh, Terminator 2. Terminator 2. That's great. It's like so much better than the original. I like the original a lot. But like <laughs> Terminator 2 is like even just shot like a ama- like way yeah, better. True. People say Spider-Man 2. I think they're about Yeah, like, Spider-Man I think 2 they're is equal cool. to me. But mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 like it does bring a lot more heart and emotion. I reckon a uh, Winter Soldier compared to that first oh, Captain yeah. America movie. Yeah, that's true. Cuz that that first one I I really thought was weak and Winter Soldier is like really solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like either of them, but uh, <laughs> Evil Dead Two really? is a good example. <laughs> yeah, Evil Dead Two is like like just way different. It's like a, yeah. almost mm-hmm. like an, an alternate universe retelling of the first one. Yeah, like they focused on their strengths and improved the idea of what the film should be. I guess. Oh, Mission Impossible Fallout. That's one for me. Yeah, hmm. that that's like a that movie's really good. Which which yeah. Madagascar is your favorite, Alex? <laughs> Three. So yeah, yeah, yeah so thanks for that. Actually, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great answer. Three, you're welcome. Guess you're three. <laughs> Death Race Two. How about like a Mad Max Fury Road? That's better than all the yeah. first three Mad Max I, movies. I haven't yeah. seen the other ones, but I would. Some people that. love Road Warrior, though. They think Road Warrior is better, which is also a uh, sequel. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, which is also a sequel. Yeah, to Mad true. Max. So either yeah. way, you know what? Yeah. Road Warrior is a huge improvement to Mad Max, which I like. But Road Warrior yeah, is much no, cornier. Like it's a lot. lot embraces this campy tone of it and that makes it more fun because mm-hmm. the idea of the of mad max is very silly the post-apocalyptic car fueled like <laughs> world it's like yeah. kind of silly it doesn't really work in the serious tone 
Human Centipede 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was it an improvement? How do you guys, what about Hellboy 2? Oh, um, sure. I actually like Hellboy yeah. 2 a lot. I don't know if it's yeah. an improvement. Maybe, like, visually. I think it's significantly better than the first one. I think it's The, yeah. the first yeah. one is, is, is really aged now. A few years okay. ago, I revisited <laughs> them, and that, that first one is not up yeah. to par. But the second one has all the, like, Guillermo stuff you expect with the, okay. like, creature designs yeah. and the, yeah. the practical effects. I remember that stuff. stuff. The creature stuff was really cool. I actually think Toy Story 2 is the best Toy Story movie. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. And it doesn't, it's not like aged as badly too. Like you watch Toy Story 1, like some, some stuff in that movie looks horrifying, but like Toy Story yeah, 2 the baby. looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> the Dark Knight is a sequel to Batman Begins. That's true. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. Or um, Logan also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Logan is easily the best like, like the, Wolverine the movie. <laughs> yeah. Of, of X-Men, there's like a few other good ones, but Wolverine movies, that's easily the best Wolverine movie. Mm-hmm. People used to say, like, just X-Men 2, like, back before, like, the, the first-class spin-off stuff yeah. started happening. Like, people say X-Men, X-Men 2 is, like, the better than X-Men 1. Mm-hmm. And Days of Future Past. Yeah, those are great. Before Sunset is my favorite in that trilogy. That's your favorite? Yeah. That's the second one, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We got a few, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> actually more. <laughs> yeah. Loads. A lot of good sequels out there. I mean, there's more bad sequels than good sequels (laughs) sure they get a bad rap but you know you can make a good sequel carnage that's right the the best sequel (laughs) and the follow-up song will be the best sequel to the venom song Mm -hmm. the Mm. best sequel song yeah eminem and pitbull make it happen collab <laughs> pitbull already did aquaman though so exactly he already have his allegiance with dc oh my god I forgot he did he did he did the uh what's the cover of that song it was uh, that's the song africa, africa that's right yeah, it was africa. Oh, <laughs> that was hilarious perfect film they need to just cover a song for the venom movie mm-hmm. and collab they could do pitbull doing a cover of venom they should be listening to this because that would get me in this in the theater i wouldn't watch it otherwise Mm. we're making demands <laughs> and if they are not met we will not see your film <laughs> we're holding the, the venom movie hostage yeah. we've got an army <laughs> yeah we have an army <laughs> uh, they're gonna give you bad reviews <laughs> that's what we do <laughs> let's do this one from the wizard of oswald knowing your guys opinions on him as a filmmaker i'm curious to know out of his eight movies what is your favorite Zack Snyder movie. Uh, I haven't seen one in a long time, but probably Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, that would be my pick, if not Watchmen, I guess. Yeah, it's not amazing, but it was cool for the time. Probably, I'd say 300. Mm-hmm. 300 doesn't like, like, you know, completely ruin the source material. Because it's, it's already <laughs> just a comic about people punching, <laughs> yeah. punching and kicking each other. So, like, he's pretty good at that. I would agree with you. I, I think 300 is his best, like, most iconic movie. Mm-hmm. It's, like, very distinct in my mind, like, the style of it. When was the last time you saw it? Like, I'm, I'm just curious how it's like to watch it. I saw it fairly house. recently. I saw it uh, a few months ago, actually. And it still holds up? Yeah, I was like, this is actually pretty cool. Because I, 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 oh, I, cool. I, I rag on him a lot, like, in my videos and stuff. But, like, I had that on a friend's house. I was like, wait, this is actually kind of interesting. I'm, like, watching this movie right now. Yeah, it's kind of the perfect project for him. Yeah, it suits his style. It suits what he's capable of. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of like his thing. Is the, the movie just about dudes fighting? fighting. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what the whole thing is. Whereas, like, when you make him, like, <laughs> actually make people have emotions and, like, act like humans. When, he's yeah, also good at that. any philosophy as well when he tries yeah. to 
mm-hmm. <laughs> commentary. Deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds like a joke, but I I remember enjoying Legend of the Guardians: The Owls of Gahul. Aside from Wait, one scene, he made that. I could probably watch that again. Honestly. Yeah, I I enjoyed that movie too. Yeah, that's probably one. It of my wasn't bad at all. It's, yeah, it's very odd. It was just that one moment where things got really sappy, and they could not fucking help themselves, and they put an Owl City song in the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. There's an Owl City song. Yeah, and they had that really <laughs> shitty montage. That was funny as hell. That was, that was the moment where I was like, this isn't good <laughs> anymore. And then it got pretty, and then it was uh-huh. fine after that point. No, that's some Mark Webb shit. There's a lot of speed-up slow-mo in that movie. Yeah. A lot of, you know, his trademark bits. Oh my god. The Owl's like, like <laughs> flying in slow motion with rain. It was cool. Yeah, funny. it had some cool shit. I don't know. It almost didn't have an audience because it was like too cool to be a kids movie at points. And then in that one montage, it's like, oh, it's a kids movie again. So I don't know. Didn't they all have Australian accents or something? Oh, I don't remember. Australian. I watched it in theaters once and haven't seen it since, but I could check it out again. (laughs) Yeah. Let us know how that one is now. (laughs) I'll get right on it. Did you have an answer, Alex? Did you say something? Oh, did I not say one? I don't think so. Uh, no, Dawn of the Dead or um, oh, okay. I don't know. I I I remember liking Watchmen, but um, it's it's been a while. Um, it's it's got it's quite. I I just like the Watchmen story, so it's, you know, I'll just take like yeah. yeah, I suppose in cinematic <laughs> <Yeah>. form. <laughs> so I suppose there's a TV show. I haven't checked that out yet. It's it's pretty good. I like it. Mm-hmm. It makes the movie kind of look a little worse. They make fun of him in the in the show actually a little bit. Oh really? They, um, yeah, yeah, they have a scene where um they're like they have like a tv adaptation of the events that happened in the past or whatever and it's like has like the sped up slow-mo like people like bleeding when you punch them once like it's bones oh, breaking yeah. it's it's like obviously like kind of teasing them a little bit mm-hmm. i just remember the sex scene being so bad in that movie yeah it's, like, it's, so, it's so weird in that place <laughs> yeah with the leonard cohen song that's yeah. used in the snyder cut trailer patrick wilson <laughs> yeah he uses that a lot i can't un- i can't unhear hallelujah is like this the shrek song <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is the david liebehart rendition in shrek retold yeah <laughs> should we end on this one then from uh gazabata sure what are your opinions on copyright and its effect on art is it bad because it inhibits people's ability to create what they want to and overall restricts art in very crucial ways or is it good because it stops people from copying and being lazy and what are your opinions on the current copyright system on art? I don't really know what that last question really means. I guess we can only talk yeah, in terms of YouTube. YouTube or the United States. Like, <laughs> Let's talk YouTube. Yeah. I've got a lot to say, but I'll let you guys go first. Yeah. How, how like, loose, like, because, like, I mean, like, we have movies already that are kind of, like, soft ripping off, like, other movies. Like, you know, you got, like, the, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but, like, you know, like, when, like, like the Transformers and you have like mm-hmm. the Transmorphers yeah. just to avoid Asylum. You know, getting in trouble yeah. with copyright. I mean, there's no way to know if like there were if there were no copyright laws like this weird uh, alternate universe where like you can just make a, a Mickey Mouse movie it's called China. without anybody yelling at you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but no, there's like no way to know like how it would be otherwise. What about you? Yeah, uh, it it just seems like a, a reality of the world we live in that. Yeah. It's, it's it's an industry around capital money you, and you need to protect that in some form when you're making yeah. like a product i guess and then it becomes very muddy and confusing when you're talking about art and the way it, it, it does inherently restrict it but i'm not really sure 
what you can do about it with the system we're already in, what what the solutions are. Because I, I think about like movies are quite an old art form compared to something like video mm. games. Yeah. Video games are kind of with it, you know. Like on YouTube, you can use like any part of cutscenes for the most part, unless yeah. it's you know using licensed music. But um, for the most part, I've never had any issues like covering any video game. Yeah, they're um, just cool with it. They don't care. And their stories and the cutscenes and stuff. You can like show the whole cutscene and that's fine and stuff. But anything to do with movies and TV, they're a lot more strict because I guess it is just that's just the standard for that medium. It's not consistent and though. It's really annoying. It's yeah, there's no it's not consistent and it is a case by case basis thing and it does it absolutely affects the creativity of it. But again, I I'm I don't know about solutions though. It like like you said, when you're doing a video game video, like it's a breeze. You don't have to even think that your video is going to get mm-hmm. taken down. Like it's not even a thought in my mind. But then like Warner Brothers specifically, like if I'm doing a movie on a, a video on a Warner Brothers movie, I'm like, all right, I got, what am I going to do to like not get my video blocked for some mm-hmm. arbitrary mm-hmm. reason? Yeah, they're very stringent with that. When it comes to things like video games and copyright, the part of the reason why it's um, there's a lot less restrictions when it comes from video game companies, and this took Nintendo a while to actually be of the same mentality as Microsoft and, and Sony, yeah. but part of the reason for it is because the demographic of video game purchasers also heavily overlaps with internet content, internet media. It's true. Streamers, YouTube reviewers, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's much, much more obvious for any company to be like, oh, wow, people are promoting this thing. Our sales are going up. And that's true for films, too. It's just a lot less obvious for film studios. They're a bit behind the times on that because their target demographic isn't just people on the Internet. Yeah. Now they're moving towards that. You know, like a YouTube trailer is going to be like more effective in ways, depending on the film, than putting a trailer in front of another movie at this point. So we are moving towards companies fully understanding that like, yes, this is promotion for your product. How fair use works and fair dealing if you're in Canada or other countries. But essentially the same thing is that there are many different factors that go into determining whether or not a usage is fair. I think, you know, as much as I love fair use and it allows us to do exactly what we're doing on the internet, I think that there should actually be less factors even considered. I think that the most important factor by far is whether or not you're doing something that's transformative and serves a different purpose from the original. Mm -hmm. Because the entire goal of copyright in the first place is to protect copyright owners. It is to make it so that if somebody makes something, they have the ability to sell and merchandise their own intellectual property without fear of other people capitalizing on that. If somebody, if some indie director makes like a cool movie and then all of a sudden some other company jumps in and is like, we're going to merchandise that, blah, blah, blah. Like you want to obviously have those protections. However, copyright law has changed over time thanks to companies like Disney where it's kind of lost the fucking plot where the original goals of copyright aren't even necessarily what's happening in the laws right now. Uh, It's causing more restrictions on art and creativity than it should, when obviously the goal should just be protecting copyright holders. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, if, if you create something that you're clearly not taking from the market that they are already in, whether it's a review or like a commentary or something like that, if you can reasonably argue that your product is something that will not be used to get the same experience 
out of what the original is selling, then I think that that should be totally fine. And I think that there should be a lot more restrictions when it comes to uh, what copyright holders are able to do on in terms of uh, YouTube takedowns and shit like that. Like, I'm getting like three copyright claims a day right now, and it's really fucking mm-hmm. annoying. Yes, yeah, yeah. and their same. system really heavily it basically encourages copyright holders to abuse it because there's nothing that's going to happen badly for them they're not all of a sudden going to go like universal you're not allowed to have copyright claims on our platform anymore they get sued into the fucking ground there's Mm -hmm. nothing youtube can do about it because these are gigantic corporations that have a lot of money and power and can sue people at the you know flick of a hat if that's the expression (laughs) i don't know (laughs) um yeah so basically there are protections and that's nice for uh creativity and content creators like fair use however i think that there's tons of room Mm -hmm. for it to be improved i think that there's so many things that could be done to make it so that a people's or even corporations copyrights are still protected under the law and b people who want to use other people's works that are copyrighted are still able to freely do so in a way that doesn't impede on their market so there's plenty of room for improvement yeah copyright in its existence i think makes sense to protect people i don't think that the idea or initial goals are malicious but the what what it is turned into can certainly be interpreted in that way depending on what case you mm-hmm. go by youtubers struggle with yeah. that the copyright stuff who was the youtuber mm-hmm. that got uh did he get sued by warner brothers or was there some kind of lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, channel chris will have problem with Oh, yeah. 2001 video, wasn't it? Yeah, there's more to that that I can't say publicly. But Really? Okay. There was, there was a lot more to it than, than what was on the surface level. That's, that's a pretty complicated one. Yeah, the, uh, there's, there's been a few like case law kind of landmark cases like um, Lens versus Universal Music Corp where a woman used a Prince song. Literally, it was just completely incidental. She was recording a video of her baby dancing, and the Prince song happened to be playing in the background. The Prince song mm-hmm. didn't play the whole song. It was, you know, kind of like garbled audio. It wasn't like perfect quality or anything. But regardless, despite the fact that she wasn't directly commenting on the song, she wasn't criticizing the song, she wasn't even necessarily transforming the song itself into something original, she wound up winning the case because her video was literally just like it's my baby dancing like no one's going to my video because (laughs) they would rather Mm -hmm. watch listen to the song here than purchasing it legally right and so that i think is the most important factor to consider and as we've seen in a few different scenarios of case law that seems to be the most important one too the problem is when a, a studio or corporation tries to sue someone over copyright they have to make a case of like actual lost revenue otherwise they've lost the fucking plot and when they can't do that it makes it really difficult for anyone to like empathize for why they're suing in the first place like why are you doing this it seems like you're just abusing your powers and you're trying to control what other people can put out like you're not losing any money over this right so i think that i think it should be more clear and defined and there should be greater consequences for companies that abuse the copyright systems Mm -hmm. yeah like make it so that like you can't just claim it just because it happens to have you know an inkling of what your your copyright is like the fact that like i had to remove like the now i don't know if you guys have noticed this but like the audio like the background music of a movie Mm -hmm. is starting to get claimed like this the movie itself will be fine but the 
now the music of the score in a scene is yeah. what gets claimed. Yeah, but that's like, an essential part to the film. So it's really yeah. annoying to have to mm-hmm. have fight a claim based on the music alone. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just it's so such a irritating. mess. Yeah. I feel like people, you know, especially with internet culture, remix, meme culture, whatever you want to call it, I think that people should be if you want to be able to use like 10 seconds of a popular song in your video, even if you're not directly commenting on it or criticizing it, you should Mm -hmm. be able to do it just for the fact that it's literally impossible for people to use your video as an alternative to purchasing Mm -hmm. the original song. That alone should be the, the reason why you should be able to do it. And sure, you could make the argument that like, oh, well, their song exists to be licensed and you should have to pay a license for it. I think that there's things YouTube could do in an automatic process that would make this a lot easier, where Mm -hmm. if let's say you get claimed for like 10 seconds of a song in your video that otherwise has nothing to do with that song, instead of the the claimant all of a sudden getting 100 fucking percent of the revenue on your video, Mm -hmm. why don't you have just some sort of like revenue share process? Why don't you do it in a way where it can, you know, like you've detected through content ID how much of the song is being used in the video? Why don't you say... If the if the song is going like for five percent of the video, they should get five percent of the revenue. I wouldn't give a shit. Why not? That seems like a fair amount, right? That seems entirely fair. I wouldn't even give a shit. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because they're taking one hundred percent of the revenue in my videos, then I have to fight the claim, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the video has nothing to do with the song. It was just there incidentally, basically. The fact that you mentioned sharing, I actually have a like I got a new notification on on my the Twilight videos that I mentioned. That it says that I'm now sharing revenue with the person who, like, the person who made the score cool. of the movie. Because, like, the thing is, I don't know how much of that is being shared. <laughs> it just says, oh, you're sharing with the copyright owner. Probably 50-50. I, I mean, like, but there's no way to know. So, I, I mean, like, yeah. it's, YouTube also doesn't tell us very much. Yeah. yeah. They, it's like, all decided they, on the claimant's end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you go to guess. Either way, it just, like, feels like a lost cause. Like, you know, they're not telling you, so you just gotta write it off as it's a loss. really annoying. Whatever. Do you, do you have high hopes for the future? or Not really. <laughs> People are becoming more aware of it. Yeah. Disney has been trying to extend their copyrights throughout history, and most recently they actually did not succeed. So the Steamboat Willie is actually going into the public domain very soon because they were actually unsuccessfully able to extend their copyrights, which is something that they've been doing for a hundred years now so technically i mean like that's a good sign i guess i don't know how likely it would be to roll back the changes that they've made and get it you know it used to be like 20 years then it was like artist death then artist death plus 20 years and you know it just keeps going up i don't know if we're ever going to see it go back to when it was more reasonable but it seems like it's not as easy to abuse these things behind the scenes and especially with the internet and people being like hey there's this law that you don't know is being passed maybe maybe i'll share this around like people are a bit more aware of these things happening now thankfully so yeah do you think any studios like exist that would be willing to you know like the way sony and microsoft and nintendo and all that on their website they have specific like pages listing the the exact rules and technicalities of how you can use the the footage of their games and stuff and what is okay and what isn't could you see any studios doing something like that and being like we're okay with you using anything of ours as long as it's like 10 seconds or less and i don't know that there there is something you could do with that yeah i mean i i think the way that the actual law is written is going to be more of a determining factor in this case like i could imagine mm-hmm. a studio like 
trauma or something like some smaller you know kind of independent yeah. sort of thing doing something like that i can't imagine universal or anyone no, doing that because like you that. have to remember that they have like teams of lawyers and as soon as they write something on their website even though i guess legally they could still retract that permission i think it w- it would be a mess to even get that through to the point where you'd have some sort of defined text on a website because lawyers would just be like no because then this person would be able to do this and blah 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 mm. and it would just scare them out of it immediately yeah so i don't know whereas like video games it's like an entirely different experience because the sale of the video games this is one of the reasons why even if video game companies didn't agree to this there would still be a fair use argument to make is because every person's experience playing the game is a unique input from them Mm -hmm. that automatically by default changes it and transforms the experience into something else and their target market is not gameplay videos that's not what they're selling they're selling the gameplay experience and so everybody's having their own experience with the game so you know just in its own existence a gameplay video is really easy to argue as fair use Mm -hmm. yeah i think there's a lot of movie companies who are like oh that commentary video of my movie sure helps me in some way (laughs) they they probably don't think yeah you know it really depends on the studio um my adam and pals videos for the uh 13 Reasons Why I've gotten claimed, and Netflix was like, yeah, this is fine. So they just released it, yeah. which is cool. Sometimes it's just automatic, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really just those certain certain studios, they really just don't let go. Yeah. What's really weird is if it's multiple claimants for the same footage, on the initial dispute, it really just depends who it gets to first. So the email will get sent out to like eight different people if there's eight different claimants on the same footage. And if the person who gets to it first on the receiving end of that email is like, yeah, this is cool. Then it just is cool across the board. Oh. <laughs> and, if, and if they decide that the claim is not valid, that applies for all of them. Isn't that fucked? Isn't that so stupid? Oh my God, that's hilarious. That's awful. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh dear. What a mess. Yep. All right, I guess that about answers that question. Yeah, that was a big one. Hey, rant mode. <laughs> Finished. All right. There is a recommendation for the next episode. If you don't want to be spoiled for it i guess i'll say that part after anyway um i guess uh there's a movie i haven't seen i've always wanted to check it out i believe this is the first anime recommendation on the podcast correct oh, wow. me if i'm wrong Ooh. the grave of the fireflies is something i have not oh. seen oh and cool i've, I've seen this always one. wanted to check out what about you ralph i haven't seen it haven't even heard of it so i'll, okay, cool. I'll be sure to watch it hey, no. never even heard of it <laughs> Yeah, I don't... It's not very uplifting, I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That sounds nice. Shocker. One of my recommendations is a little depressing. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's not a Ghibli film, I don't think, but the director has directed other Ghibli films. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The Grave of the Fireflies from 1980-something? 1988. There you go. Looking forward Perfect. to it. If you don't want to be spoiled for The Grave of the Fireflies, watch it before listening to the next episode these episodes come out every two weeks you can listen to them early by going to sardonicast.com signing up for premium two dollars a month you'll get these episodes as they're edited also patreon.com slash sardonicast also we got merch link in the description is there anything you would like to plug marcus not really oh wait no i lied (laughs) i forget that i have a podcast too um i have a podcast called cosmonaut tabletop where we play tabletop games like D D and stuff Mm-hmm. Um, I always forget to plug it, and I've, I I should probably remember that more often. But well, yeah, you did that's it. it. Other so, than, cool, know, cool. And, and your YouTube main and channel, stuff. I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. Cosmonaut Variety Hour. Perfect. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you so much for joining. <laughs> that was a great discussion. Thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's a great movie that we <laughs> my My new favorite. No, yeah, I hope you enjoyed my recommendation. <laughs> I'll stop. I won't torture you anymore. You'll play a sound. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love the recorder. And that's that. Oh, God. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.